Hey, hi. Hey, what's up? No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Sounds like you ever you're having a busy day. I mean, you can tell someone a hundred times you're doing a show at, at two o'clock and it doesn't get through. This sounds about right. Uh, what do, what what are you up to? About two fifty. Yeah, interesting. Um, no, I mean, like, how's your how's your day going? <laughs> this is my day. I woke up. Uh, I woke up uh, around eleven thirty. Um, I couldn't. I don't really sleep very well, so I. Uh, whenever I have insomnia, I go into the other room and I turn on YouTube and I. Uh, Watched MLW Fusion and NWA Power, and then no problem going to sleep then. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I woke up. I had a couple cups of coffee. I listened to Frank and Gus. I listened to a couple of regular podcasts. Uh, I started Soup, but then saw it was two and a half hours, and I'm like, yeah, no, uh, not for, I'll save that. Um, that's it. I've been fucking around on Twitter, just waiting, waiting for this. This lovely time to roll around so that we can entertain the people and maybe get some interaction and have some, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even a few people who are alone on Christmas Eve can, can join us and, you know, not be alone. Right. We'll, uh, we'll fill that gap that everyone's missing on Christmas. Spread a little Christmas doom. And uh, Je- Jeff will fill in that gap, if you know what I mean. That's right. Damn right, I will. That's why they call him Evil Dose. Yeah, that's right. Two times. Double up. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that's the whitest That's the whitest way I've ever heard that song. <laughs> well, I am the whitest person. Baby got back in an ain't no lie. That's right. Listen, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns on. Goddamn right. Um... Well, I guess we should already start. The chat room starting to fill up a little bit. Um, let's see. R- RJ's in the chat room. What's up, RJ? Uh, brother. Uh, let's see. Diamond Dirk. What's up? Lightning116. Maurice Bear. CM Goof. What's good, guys? Wow. You know everybody. <clears throat> I mean, I just... I, I don't know everybody. I just know most people. Very popular. I wouldn't call myself popular. Is it because you're so adorable? I, I, I don't think I'm popular, personally. Huh. Well, I know I'm not, so... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's all, maybe it's all by comparison. I don't know. I mean, I think you're... Uh, I think you're pretty... I think you're pretty well... You're pretty well off. Oh? Thank you. I think I'm better known than better liked. <clears throat> I mean, I personally, I'd rather be better known. Like, I just... I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do with that kind of popularity. Listen, when you're trying to take over the world through force, you don't exactly have to make friends along the way. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah, we're already recording. We're we're just gonna we're just gonna start already. Um Hey guys. Merry Merry Happy Christmas Eve. Um there's a lot of noise going on, on Jeff's I don't know I, I don't know what that is, but uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to this uh, part dose of this crossover with Garden of Doom and uh, my show, Drew Ari's show, Garden of Drew. The Garden of Drew. 
Droom, but uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's up. It's I don't, I don't care. I'm not your dad. But um, welcome to the show. Happy Merry Christmas Eve. I see people are here spending Christmas Eve with us. Why you're doing that? But you're not your father. Not whose father? Mine. No, I'm not your father. Yeah. Oh. We did a that changes DNA, everything. We did a DNA test. I'm not your father. Mm-hmm. It's uh, wow. Kevin Castle's your father. You know, it should have been my first clue. You being about uh, 23 years younger than me, <laughs> or maybe I'm a time traveler. You don't know. Um, You're right. I don't know. You're back in play. <laughs> right. So the the hunt is still on. But um, uh, how, how's everybody doing today? How's everybody's Christmas Eve so far? Where are they going to answer? So as I know, Goof is saying his Christmas was canceled because of frigid temperatures. Uh, yeah, Chicago. Aww. If you're out in the east, that uh, sounds pretty bad. Um, how's your How's the weather doing where you're at, Jeff? Me? It's cold as shit. Um, but I don't I don't leave the condo unless I have to organize my forces for violence. So, oh, fine. Yeah, you're in Baltimore, so that sounds like that's uh, that just sounds like another Tuesday. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it was like nine degrees yesterday, and you know my house is two thirds Ecuadorian, and they so they don't you know they're not used to this temperature, um, so you know they can't get over the temperature being in single digits. I'm like. We're inside. Relax. <laughs> right. It's, uh, I mean, it's nowhere near as cold as, like, you know, say, Baltimore or, you know, Chicago. I see RJ wants to jump in. Let me get him in real quick. But it's... Uh, 14 right now. 14 degrees. In San Antonio, it was uh, below the teens yesterday. Um, and it's going to be cold all weekend, so... It's, uh, Texas, yeah. Texas can't, Texans can't handle that kind of cold. No, in fairness, not a lot of people can handle this kind of cold. I mean, we're not really made for this. Um, but I think it's supposed to be like 50 in a week, which is weird. Hmm. It's not snowing here. We have electricity. There's a lot of people around here that don't have electricity. There's lots of places where there's tons of snow. We're not traveling, so we're not impacted by all the flights being canceled and hotels being overbooked and all that other stuff. So, you know. I, my my hermit lifestyle once again pays off. Right. And uh, Dirk is saying, unfortunately, Shaheen has no power. Man, that sucks. That sucks, man. Uh, that, that's so unfortunate. I wish I should stop right now. Uh, shout out to Shaheen. Hope you're doing all right. RJ. RJ is in, the, is in the voice thingy with us. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? What's up, Brooklyn Savage? Much just uh, taking a day off from being a savage. You gonna tell us any urban legends from New York today? No, not today. I'm not gonna tell you the story about how I got shot 27 times and lived. Oh, just did. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got to tease you just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Nah, but I, I just wanted to just throw my head. Just really just enjoy the show with everybody else and just say hello. Stop by. Um, I'm out with family right now, so just trying to enjoy that. You know, nice little family time. It, it's rare nowadays, but um, just trying to enjoy that. 
So, RJ, is that a story of how someone can simultaneously have really good aim and really bad aim at the same time? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it kind of like that one time where you went to that harem full of uh, full of uh, thick white girls and lived? Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, sometimes, hey it's, a, it's a battlefield out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it really is, you know? That's not called a harem. That's called a trailer park. I said thick white oh. girls. <laughs> I know what you said. I heard thick. Oh, man. That, that'd be fat. There's a difference between fat and thick, uh, Jeff. Yeah, I'm not really sure that there is, to be honest with you. Oh, no, there is. I, Trust me. There I'm, is. I'm seeing a slippery slope where a lot of things are being called thick. I know. Th- no, I, okay, I, I, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you points on that. Like, there are girls that will say, I'm thick. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I see guys attributing thickness to fatness. Well, no, it's just like... Well, no, if like, you like a fat girl, if you like fat girls, it's fine. I mean, that, 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 that's okay. There's nothing What's wrong not, with that. No. no, not at all. I mean, there's more fat people in the world than hot people. I mean, but, you know, there's... But let's not try to make everyone objectively sexy when they're just not. Yeah, but it's just like... There is, but again, my point is, there's a difference between thick and fat. So there was, no, there is, there still is. Okay, all right, if you say so. Like Gigi Dolan's thick; she's not fat. Mm, she's she's a little buttery, but yeah, I, I would give you that. I mean, I would say that Nikita Lyons is sort of on the outside spectrum of thick. She's very much okay. thick. Like I. Don't, like Aiden uh, Carter is like a, is the perfect degree of thickness. Uh, I'm trying to think of who who's a good example of fat. Um, oh God. Nia Jax. Oh yeah, Nia Jax is fat. She's not thick. She's she like like she's a definition of girls that say I have curves. I'm like, you, bitch, you don't have curves. You have a road. Stop. Right. Yeah, you're a pyramid. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard people say Dewdrop is thick. Dewdrop's fat. She's fat. Like she might be solid, she might like 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 tugboat was solid fat, but she's but she's fat. She's not thick. And I and I think and I actually think Dewdrop is very pretty, personally to me. But yeah, she's a big girl. Oh, you know who's a perfect example of a pretty girl who's not thick. She's still attractive, but she's she's on the fatter side. Willow, Willow Nightingale, beautiful uh, woman, great yeah, personality, yeah. but she but she's not thick. She's fat. She's a BBW. That's the best way to put it. Uh, so again, there's nothing wrong. If, again, like Jeff says, there's nothing wrong if you like thick girls or fat girls. It's just, you know, we're just giving our own, I guess, diagnosis of what we think which is which. So beauty's in the eye of the, the beholder. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That can be the. And name by of the way, world. a lot of people are sapiophiles, and it has nothing to do with the person's looks. It has to do with with their mind, their personality, common interests. I mean, and and that's all good. There you go. Exactly. That could be the name of today's show: Beauty's in the Eye of the Beholder. It could be, but uh, the show has hardly started, so I wouldn't commit to a title yet. Well, this is a pre-show. We're trying to get everybody. Uh, we're trying How to get about everybody. Nice about top twenty-seven times and then lived. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I mean, what huh? happened was I walked on Herkimer Street. I turned my head like Ricky starts, and the next thing you know, pop, 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 pop. And, uh, you know. I mean, what were you shot with? Uh, I have no idea. Bird shot. It just, you know, it pierced my body. 
whatever uh-huh. hit me, it pierced my body, and I just I was able to walk away alive. Did you? Did they Adam pierce your body? I did not see any bald white men. Not any white bald men present. Did you hmm. see the? Did you see the young bucks doing their gun hands? <laughs> uh no. Did they, did they point at you and go elite? And just super kick you? Did that? Did that almost like take you out? No. <laughs> the, the, he heard the, the leg flaps, and he took evasive maneuvers. Do you think I would give those two tweaks any any ounce of credit to try to take me out? Like I wouldn't give those guys any type of credit. Hell, if I was a wrestler, I wouldn't sell for those guys. What about uh? What about what about Arn Anderson? That's a different story. <laughs> Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson, give me a spine buster, and I will sell that bad boy like I just like I literally got shot. Hey, I need to correct something, Diamond Dirk. I did not give a shout out. Yeah, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Arn, Arn, you don't want to fuck with Arn. Nah, not at all. Like uh, Arn's a guy I can pretty much see myself respecting, like just flat out. So last year on our prediction show for Hammerlock Hangover, um, Steve predicted Ar- that Arn Anderson would continue to fall off things. And he's right. He fell off the face of the earth mostly. So there you go. He did. Rapid Cody left. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, you guys should check out uh, when, when not to give a cheap plug, but when Hammerlock Hangover's end of year show, we recorded it Thursday night, Friday morning, and it should drop probably today. Uh, we reviewed our predictions last year, and I did pretty damn well. Steve, not so much, but he did okay. Uh, I, I did, but we also give do our end of year awards and our predictions for this coming year. But among the predictions I got right, Five Forever would not drop in 2022, and Braun Strowman would be a, a comeback story. Well, you get the nail on both. Yeah, lit, yeah. lit, lit Madamas. I also got some wrong. I said Gigi Dolan would enjoy some solo success. So you know. Maybe she did, just not on, on not on camera or not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> with with uh, Nash Carter, lucky bastard. Lucky bastard, good lord, just lucky cool. But uh, should we should we uh, should we start with the uh, should we start with the main topic at hand, Jeff? Sure, man, I'm ready. I, I'm ready for you. All right. So, like the last show, if you guys were here, if you guys listen, I gave uh, Jeff a homework assignment, which uh, Mesh was a part of. Uh, this time Jeff was very eager to do another homework assignment. So what I did for him, the topic was urban legends and, uh, we kind of mixed it up a little bit. So it was, it wasn't just like regular urban legends, like the stuff we already know about. It was kind of stuff on Jeffson, you know, like, you know, Washington, Baltimore, urban legends. And, uh, he asked me to do Texas, which Texas kind of, it doesn't really have that many interesting urban legends. It kind of just has the same as everybody else, like, you know, the the woman in white, for example, just kind of the same shit that I was already giving him. So um, Jeff did his homework, I'm assuming, and uh, yeah. we're going to start. So would you happen to have the topics? Do you want to start with the list that you gave me? I just figured that, that you would tell me, but I have I have your list, so let me just pull it up. Oh, it looks like you uh, sent me Messenger. You want to start? Uh, I have my phone on mute when I do shows, so yeah. I don't even know that. The answer is yes, I would like to start. All right, go ahead. I am. All right. So, 
here was your list. You did Skinwalker, Mothman, La Llorona, El Kukoi, Vanishing, Kukui. Well, it's uh, it pronounced lots of different ways. Vanishing Hitcher, Black Eyed Children, Wendigo, and Bloody Mary. Um, so why don't you just go in what order, just so in case I have notes or whatever, you can see if you can throw me off, you can test me. All right, I have my list right here. So let's start, let's just start from the top. Let's start with Skinwalker. Okay. So the Skinwalker is pretty cool. And a lot of people sort of confuse the Skinwalker with the Wendigo. And I mean, they're sort of similar, but they're, they're very different. Um, so the Skinwalker is mostly attributed to the Navajo tribe, or well, we call it Navajo, as as I believe they pronounce it themselves as Dene. Um, in any event, uh, so everyone's heard of Skinwalker Ranch, and it, it's not a coincidence. Since so, that name has its origin because the Navajo were losing the war to the Utes, the Utes. Uh, not the uses, the Utes. And so they put a curse on this stretch of land, which is sort of, you know, uh, near the Four Corners area, which is uh, Utah, uh, Colorado, Arizona, and uh, I think Nevada. Um, And the curse was that there'd be a lot of skinwalkers there so that the Utes would not travel any further past that. So the, the Skinwalker Ranch occupies that stretch of land. So that, that's the reason for the name of it. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch is associated with lots of things. Anyway, the Skinwalker itself, uh, it is an act of intent. So generally speaking, a Skinwalker involves a shaman or a medicine woman. Uh, and not all shamans are medicine people. They're not all medicine men or medicine women. And not all medicine men or women are shamans. Uh, but it's sort of like if you were a priest and also a doctor, which is possible, but they're two different skill sets. Um, anyway, uh, if a shaman or any magician uh, uses intent to transform into a into a skinwalker, so there's a ritual to it, and it's something that you do on purpose. Uh, so there's a few schools of thought. One is that it's sort of like the Norse berserker that you took basically some um, hallucinogens, some mind-altering substances, and you just went wild. Um, That's sort of like a science version, you know, a conveniently westernized version of it. The two other schools of thought are that you actually transform into uh, a four-legged animal. And the the words in the original Binet translate to something like, they accomplish their goals on all fours or by any means on all fours. So it it literally means a, a four-legged animal, mostly associated with a coyote, a wolf, a deer, which is sort of where the Wendigo thing comes into play, even though the deer is not exactly part of the traditional Wendigo, and we'll get to that later. Um, so a, a skinwalker is not exactly a werewolf, but it, it can be, but the person retains their their mentality um they may get more wild they might have more preternatural or animal instinct speed strength sight agility you know their senses are heightened etc um but they still have their intent and and so you're doing it on purpose of uh, for a purpose the other is that you don't actually transform into the animal itself you put on the skin pelts 
um, and you sort of take on the qualities of that animal, but it's still intentional, uh, and you can transform back and forth, uh, basically at will. But it's it's black magic, basically. It's evil intent. So that's what a skinwalker is. Um, now, there's skinwalkers all throughout the world, uh, usually associated with witches, um, but in this case, we're talking about a particular uh, type of skinwalker, and again, that's mostly southwest United States. Though it it may be relevant to note that the Navajo uh, probably did have some association with the Algonquin long, long time ago, and and moved south from sort of uh, northwestern Canada into the American Southwest. It's now the American Southwest or the U.S. Southwest, anyway. Um, about seven or eight hundred years ago. Huh. That's interesting. Inter- interesting. Interesting facts. Um, yeah, the Skinwalker. I I'm trying to remember where else I might have heard, heard it from. I think it's a. I think it might be a Texas thing. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know it was on an episode of Supernatural, and it was in other things. I think it was on like like Ghost Adventures of it. Or one of those like random ass travel channel shows, but um, next topic is uh, Mothman, which um, there was a movie called Mothman. Was it was it the Mothman conspiracies or Mothman? Or was it just called Mothman? Prophecies, prophecies, Mothman, Mothman prophecies. prophecies. There you go. Which uh, that was a good movie. It was, an, it was a kind of a freaky movie. But um, Jeff, what was your research about the Mothman? Right. So the Mothman's pretty cool. The Mothman oftentimes gets sort of um, inflated with the Slender Man and the Smiley Man, and there's there's a lot of relationships between the two, uh, especially with what's the guy's name? It's like Enoch Cole or Enoch Cold. The, the name it's not exactly clear whether he's the Mothman or or the Smiley Man. But the Mothman th- this actually originates from a place called Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where at some point in the mid-60s, this village was apparently, or town, was uh, terrorized by the Mothman. So the way I picture the Mothman is sort of like, you know, the gray gargoyle from the superhero comics? Like the, right. It's sort of like the gray gargoyle uh, with like almost like owl-like features, uh, big uh, eyes that, that reflect in the light, uh, you know, orangish-red. Some people say that they're always red, um, wide-eyed wings, uh, and because of that sort of owlish face appearance uh, with the wings, they call it the Mothman, but gray, the legs are supposed to be, you know, very muscular, which is where I get the sort of gray gargoyle part, but nothing about the upper body being un- unusual. Um, and the the Mothman apparently is often associated with extraterrestrial, that it, it, it may be uh, involved in abductions, um, communications. Uh, it, it, it's sort of weird, but uh, you know, it, 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 it's sort of like the emissary, but the malevolent emissary in most cases of what might be a UFO, maybe int- intradimensional, um, you know, supernatural, but it is mostly, you know, appear in the tunnel or in the distance. Uh, and the name Mothman got, uh, got memorialized. Now, there was that story with, I forgot the guy's name, but uh, 
his car got stopped and like the Mothman came up to him and introduced himself as, again, I, I'm probably getting the name wrong, but it's like Enoch Cole, Enoch Cole, something like that. Mm-hmm. And apparently they had an ongoing relationship <laughs> like uh, in that, not, not like they dated, but like, uh, like they see each other from time to time and they bring him back and forth to the, to the mothership or wherever the Mothman was from. Um, and it was more, benevolent than malevolent or at least neutral um but that that's the that's the mothman but uh you know so since then there's been sort of stories from around the country and then even the world where the mothman has repeated itself i like to think that it's a it's sort of like like the falcon suit like sort of the combination between the falcon and star lord suit Mm -hmm. and it is a you know it's like a one man, you know, uniform suit that comes down from an extraterrestrial vehicle and, uh, you know, is sort of tormenting or, you know, enriching the lives of others. But that's your Mothman. So, was it like the movie where the Mothman would only show up before, uh, like, like any like tragic events, or was that just the thing for the movie? That was more for the movie. Um, but it is associated with abductions, and usually abductions are associated with UFO abductions. But, you know, if you want to go, you know, Old Testament, it could be, you know, like Ezekiel or Enoch or, you know, Muhammad or whatever, you know, sort of take taking visitations to uh, beyond the firmament, if you like. So essentially, the Mothman is something that's been around since the dawn of time. Well, I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But the, no, the, I mean, the original Mothman stories are from the, the 60s. It's here, 64, 66. So there's no specific Mothman uh, stories before that. But, I mean, if you look at enough statues and bas reliefs and, and images and cave paintings and whatever, there are things that could easily pass for the same being. But, you know, I don't know if that's just the same as... You know, you can look at some of the uh, inscriptions and drawings and, and carvings and petroglyphs, you know, in Mesoamerica and look at the ones in, you know, ancient, you know, the, the Near East or Middle East or Egypt, and they look the same uh, and say it's the same thing. So who knows? Um, don't really know, but the actual Mothman itself is, is from the 60s. All right. Uh, next one, La Llorona, the woman in white. Uh, there's been plenty of stories about her. There was a terrible movie about her um she's been on different television shows like supernatural and uh grim um what can you tell me about Lyona? okay well we talked about the woman in white and in, in the last crossover show and it's really the same thing la Llorona is sort of the south of the rio grande version it's not limited to mexico but it does seem to be mostly north of panama um and mostly in mexico and La Llorona is a woman that lost her children. Um, how? It's there's there's a variety of different stories. One is that she was raped and the father killed them. One is that she was cheating and she or the father killed them in shame. One is that they just. Uh, another is that they just died. Another is that she killed them, and that's probably the most popular one that she killed her own children in madness, and then after sort of waking up from her postpartum depression or madness, her grief was, was uh, so strong that she killed herself. But the operative thing is a loss of children or a perceived loss of children due to something tragic, killing oneself or being murdered. And because the, you know, a lot of ghost stories are 
they're sort of tethered. There's hooks to a particular area or event that she wanders uh, wailing at night. Um, there's some associations also with the Irish banshee myth, which is also a, a woman who you know scoops up children, which goes back all the way to the old Lilith, Lilithu, Lilu myths of the you know the sort of the harpy children of uh, daughter of monsters, Adam's first wife, uh, who. You know, basically steals kids uh, from birth. You know, a lot of these things are metaphors or allegories for stillbirth and, um, you know, the amount of women and, and kids who, you know, die in childbirth. I mean, pregnancy, it's still pretty damn dangerous. But, uh, you know, up until about 150 years ago, it was really dangerous. Um, you know, somebody, chances are somebody was dying in, in childbirth, whether it was a child or the mother, um, which might explain a lot of the you know, polygamy things and the be fruitful and prosper and, you know, the patriarchy. But uh, going a little deep here. Anyway, La Llorona, basically she's a ghost wailing who wants children to replace her loss. And, uh, you know, she may just abduct yours. So watch your kids. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Um, next, next one that I'm kind of familiar with, not too familiar with, is uh, El Cucuy. Okay, well, this is sort of an easy one. It's a boogeyman. Um, This is also Latin American, mostly south of the Rio Grande and the northern part of South America. There's uh, the the, the cuckoo, the cocoa, cuckooey, cuckooey. It's pronounced different ways in different places, Cuba, uh, Costa Rica, Colombia, Mexico. But basically, it's a boogeyman. It's a story to... Keep your kids in line. Um, two versions of the cuckoo, cookie, cuckoo, whatever you want to call it, is that one is that it's sort of like trollish, but it has one very large ear, so it can hear everything. The other is that it has two very large ears, but more or less humanoid, you know, a little stocky, a little, you know, a little maybe, you know, ogreish, but, you know, normal skin just like a maybe like a mr hyde kind of ugly guy so the, the but the big version is, is if the parents scream too much at the kids the cuckoo knows that uh the kids are being bad and it'll abduct the kids and take them you know to its mountain lair basically like jack and the beanstalk or in in the russian forest baba baba yaga you know it's it's a buggy man it's a it's a method baba to keep kids you know yeah want to scare your kids the the Kukui is going to come and get you if you're not good. Or John Wick. Um, well, you have uh, to kill his dog. Uh, when you said Bobby, I guess uh, John Wick, he's like, he's not exactly the boogeyman. He's the guy you sent to kill the fucking boogeyman. <laughs> Love that one. Uh, this one sounds kind of similar to La Llorona. The next one is uh, Vanishing Hitcher. Um... Yes. The interesting thing is that, like, uh, you know, I looked into more urban legends than the ones you gave me, and unfortunately, most of them are just ghost stories. Like, the same ghost stories that, like, people were telling us when I went to camp around the campfire. I mean, they're just, they're updated, they're different versions a little bit. But we, you know, basically, they're, they're things to make stuff that at one point were considered safe 
or still considered safe and make them feel unsafe. So like the call from inside the house, you know, scream and, you know, stranger calls, you know, was basically to make parents afraid and babysitters afraid, you know, something that is perfectly normal and all of a sudden you put this element of danger in it. So, I mean, most of the audience is probably too young for this, but hitchhiking was big. Hitchhiking was big, like, basically from the 50s into the 80s. And then there were all sorts of myths about, you know, one, the hitchhiker is, is a killer. Two, the, the, the hitchhiker is the victim of, of crime. Um, and The Vanishing Hitcher is a story of uh, that you, you're driving on a, usually it's a country road or a suburban road. You pick up a hitchhiker, and it's usually a young woman. And she says, you know, my car broke down. I need help. I need to get to my parents' house. Can you take me there? And so then you take them there and you look in your rearview mirror and there's nobody there. Um, and in some of the stories, you actually go to the house uh, and you knock on the door and you go, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I, I brought your daughter back, um, but she left the car. Did she did she get in? Did I did I just miss her come in or did she come in through the back door? And like usually one of the parents will yell at them and then the other parent will come and say, walk with me. And you'll be like, what's up? And, you know, let's just say it's the dad. And the father says, once every six or seven months, somebody shows up and says the same thing. You didn't, I don't know who you picked up, but it wasn't my daughter. My daughter died six years ago in a car accident. Dun, dun, um, dun. Exactly. So it's a ghost trying to get home, but of course the ghost can never quite get home. Yeah, like I mentioned, there's been different stories. Um, I, I, I keep coming back to Supernatural, sorry. But, like, you know, I know in, like, the first episode they did kind of like a mixture of, you know, the woman in white and the vanishing hitcher where, you know, they blended both stories of, of uh, you know, the woman wanting to seduce a man that's already in a relationship and they end up going back to the house and then she just vanishes and then she kills him, which is, you know, again... And then, you know, th there was another show on, I'm forgetting the channel, I think it was Travel Channel, it was uh, Paranormal Experience, where, you know, they talked about the woman in white and, you know, stuff like that, so. Mm -hmm. um, I know my, my brother-in-law, Betty's brother, he, um, not, not to give too much away because it's his story, but, you know, he's had experiences in the past. And, really? Yeah, like the stories he tells me, like my... There's like one particular story I don't want to get too much into, but like it, my the, the hairs on my arm were standing up. Like that's how that's how freaky it was. So, um, well, the Vashid Hitcher story hits me hard, and I'll tell you why. Not not because anything like that happened to me, but I don't remember exactly when it was. But I was with my parents and my brother, so obviously we we're kids. I mean, maybe we were, you know, I was probably a young teenager. My brother was probably, you know what, yeah, somewhere between 9 and 11, something like that. There's three years between us. And we were driving somewhere in New England. And we, my parents used to love taking weekend drives. Um, we skied a lot, but some, they just want to go to the, fo you know, the foliage. I have a feeling, you know, in hindsight, maybe they just, <laughs> maybe they wanted to get hotel rooms and have a little privacy. I, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it was, um, I remember once my father stopped and picked up a hitchhiker and and like we're all saying no and my mother's like no don't do it and he's like well what can happen the person needs a ride blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and my father's still that way. He's still sort of that goofy, friendly, you know, uh, what can happen kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he picked up the hitchhiker, and we took the hitchhiker to wherever they go, and nothing happened. And then on our way back driving, the hitchhiker was still back in the same place where we basically where we picked them, like hitchhiking again. So I don't know if they just decided that like they didn't kill kids or, or they were, you know, a, a group of four was too much to deal with, but something wasn't kosher there. Like that was like, that was like a near miss. I think I, I don't think they got to where they were going. And then they decided to make a return trip and then decide to turn around and go back to the direction from whence they came. I, something was up there. I, I kind of have a story similar to that. It doesn't have anything to do with hitchhiking, but like, um, I guess it's like, I guess, helping out a stranger. So I wasn't personally. Never helps strangers. I'm sorry? Never helps strangers. Oh, I don't. But I, I actually wasn't here when this happened. Uh, me and Betty were, this was back in 2017, and w- this is when we were in a Universal Studios for the first time in 2017. And uh, her sister and uh, was here by herself, you know, just watching the house. And she was saying that, you know, all the, she just hears like this loud, you know, I can't do it obviously, but the, like this loud knock on our sliding glass window that goes to the backyard. And, uh, what the hell? Um, there's this, there's this woman outside and she, she like, she's wet and you know, like, her, like she has really long hair and it's covering her face. And what the fuck is that noise? Is what the fuck is this noise part of the story, or do you actually hear a noise? I, I hear a really loud noise after I, like, hit the microphone. I'm hearing, like, this really loud noise. I don't know what that is, but sorry. Let me let me try to tell the story. Um, so this girl is outside, and she, you know, she pounds on the glass window. And like I said, she's, like, soaking wet. And they bring her, uh, she brings her inside, and the whole time she's saying, I can't go back, I can't go back. And, you know, our sister, our, my sister-in-law is trying to help her. Like, are you okay? Do you need me to call, like, the cops or anything? And she just, like, very quietly gets up and leaves and just walks away. And a few days later, we found out that that girl was killed, like, a house away from us. And it, it's one of those things of, like, was she already dead? Did they just see a ghost or... I don't know. It was a freaky story when I heard it, but that um, is freaky. Before we go on, there, there's a few people listening in. I mean, if any of them have their own little ghost stories, you know, while you know, raise your hands, and if you have something you want to say, you know, you can hear from me too. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's an open invitation. But uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you do, if you don't. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, if you guys have any paranormal experiences. Or just anything that was just out of the ordinary, uh, please, you know, say it. Tell us. You know, we this is uh, this is the right forum to talk about that. Kind of stuff. I will. But, um, I will tell you a ghost story, which is absolutely one hundred percent true. Okay. Um, and this actually occurred in mine. And but it's spooky, but nothing bad happened. Um, so. I think probably most of your audience knows that, you know, I'm 54, I've got two kids, the the kids are, you know, they're both, you know, know, basically adults at this point. Uh, They also probably know I'm divorced. Um, 
So this story goes back to probably 2002, 2001. And this is when my first, my youngest, was still in a crib. And, you know, you know, we have baby monitors, and I guess people still do have baby monitors. Um, and, you know, they work pretty well, and every now and then they catch static from something else. And, you know, that's just normal. You know it. Every now and then you hear, kss, kss, you know, whatever, something like that. Um, so one night I'm having a dream about my my grandfather and my grandfather died i don't know 84 or something like that um and my grandmother is uh, was still alive at the time this is my maternal grandparents and my my child my one child time knew my grandmother i mean you know a little bit you know she was Gigi for great grandma um and she, she died when he was about four so you know, he knew her, but didn't know her. You know, he's, he's you know, one and a half, two years old. You know, what what, what does he know? Who knows? Um, but the point is, it, it was enough time that we never spoke about my grandfather. He didn't know what we called my grandfather. I didn't call my grandfather grandpa. And, you know, we, we, we called him Poppy. Um, and I never mentioned that. I mean, it just wasn't something that came up because the man had been dead for 18 years. And if it ever came up, it was probably when he was an infant and, you know, couldn't process words and shit like that. Anyway, so I had that dream, and and I hear the stat go crazy. And this was not part of the dream, um, because my now ex-wife woke up, I woke up, and we hear Jake talking. Um, and that, that's his name. And, you know, he's... He, he's obviously over one. He's between one and two. So talking is, you know, a little bit of babble, but there's words there. Um, so he's like saying something like, hi, how are you? you know, like something like that. Um, and we run in there. We're like, what's going on? Who are you talking to? Are you all right? And he goes, I'm okay. Um, I'm great. That's what he said. He goes, I'm great. I said, okay, well, that's that's cool. Uh, or not that's cool, but terrific. And But who are you talking to? I was talking to Poppy, and he was just saying he wanted to meet me, and he was glad I was doing great. And that was really fucking weird. And, and like, so my ex-wife, her name is Penny, she looked at me, she goes, were you talking about your grandfather with with Jake? I'm like, no. And she had never met my grandfather either. I'm like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh. I don't really talk about family. I'm not that sort. Uh, Surprise, surprise. And I'm like, were you? She's like, no, I don't think I've ever mentioned his name. Um, and it was just really weird, and we were really freaked out, and I'm still a little freaked out of it today. And the static, when I mean, the static is what woke us up. So, you know, they say when a ghost comes in the room that you know, sort of your electricity goes crazy. They also say it goes cold, but maybe that's for an evil ghost. Obviously, this wasn't an evil ghost. It just seemed like he wanted to check in, see how my life was going and meet his great grandchild and he did and then then he's like yep going back to rest you know what something similar like that happened uh with my family it didn't happen to me because i haven't seen anything i've never seen like any ghosts i've i felt i think the closest i've you know been to like a paranormal uh you know activity uh pun intended is just like i, I would feel things but like I never actually seen anything. Like my again, my my actual brother, my brother-in-law, and my like you know blood brother, they both see things. Um, and my dad, Sam, was that? I see dead people. Yes. No. Like my Michael, my brother Michael, legit sees ghosts. Like he, 
ever since he was a kid and to this day like he he sees things and like why hasn't he been on my show i don't know i'll ask him i'll ask my brother do you want to be on jeff Lippman's show and he's gonna be like, what the fuck's a jeff Lippman? uh but <laughs> no like, I, I don't know I don't, I don't think my brother likes you know talking about that kind of stuff but i'll, I'll bring it up to him mm-hmm. trust me all right um but um um the, I remember one time my mom told a story where she says um, one of my, like my brother's, I guess his girlfriend at the time when Michael was like walking down, you know, to, to his car, she noticed that there was an old man right behind my brother with like his hand on his shoulder and he was smiling and she's the only one that saw it. And she's like, she brought it up to my brother and she's like, who's that old man behind you? And he was like, what old man? And I guess I guess she saw a picture of my grandfather, my dad's dad, who died like even before my brother was born. Um, back, my brother was born in '84, so he died like before that. And she saw a picture and was like, "That's the old man I saw." And he's like, "That's my granddad. He's been dead for a long time." And like, so that's pretty nuts. But it wasn't again like you. It wasn't it wasn't a thing of like he just you know he didn't want to come out to haunt people. He just came down to like check on people, like to check on my brother and well, my dad. There's a lot of belief that the first religions were ancestor worship, so this is this is nothing new. Uh, Goof is uh, Goof has a story. So he Ooh. says, before we took the carpet out of my living room in my childhood home, I always used to hear footsteps like someone was walking towards the front of the room, or the occasional loud bang like someone who had dropped heavy something heavy on the floor. Even when I was on the only, even when I was the only one home, or nobody was up and about. Fast forward a few years ago, we removed the carpet from the living room, leaving just the hardwood floor. It hasn't happened since. That's just my dumb ghost story. I mean, any any ghost story is a ghost story, goof. So just, yeah. I mean, as as cliche as it sounds, you you had a haunted carpet. Like any, I mean, any anything could always like have some attachment to it. Whether it be carpet, it could be a it could be a couch, it could be a a mattress. You know, anything has an attachment to it. So that's right. The, the, the interesting thing about Goof is he would rather type out all those paragraphs instead of just raise his hand and tell the story himself. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, he told the story, so. But um, again, anyone has a story, let us know. Uh, next topic. Next on my topic is uh, black-eyed children. All right. Black-eyed children are a little bit weird, but they're they're... Okay, so I mean, the, 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 this is the standard black-eyed children. You you get approached by two kids someplace where you shouldn't see two kids alone. Uh, you're sort of concerned for their welfare, and you're looking around for helping and trying to help them, trying to give them shelter, hot chocolate, whatever you're trying to do. And then you turn around, and their eyes are completely black. Um, and you know they're sort of looking at you. Well, I mean, the, the expression on their face. Just picture the expression, like from smile. You know, similar to that. You know, nothing, nothing earnest in it. Just a little malevolent, maybe not complete joker smile, but but the eyes are completely black, and and you know, and that and that's usually a, a portend of something uh, terrible happening. But it mostly is just to scare shit out of you, um, because most in the story, obviously, there's a teller, and the teller usually escapes. I haven't heard too many stories on black-eyed children. I know there was a there's a short horror film I was watching about black-eyed children, and I'm trying to think of there was a movie called Village of the Dam, but that really didn't have anything to do with black-eyed children. But um, yeah, that's all the same. Children of the Corn, black-eyed children. It, 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 it ranges from whether it's a possession, 
whether they were a demonic spirit all along. Everything gets associated with, with aliens as well. Oh, aliens and demons, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's all part of the same spectrum, but yeah. And there there are cases where people say that unsolved murders is, you know, that they were you know, kids seen wandering there. But, I mean, every time the story is told, obviously, it's uh, somebody survived it. And again, usually it's in a suburban area, not urban, uh, which is disappointing because this is supposed to be urban legends, but... Uh, I was disappointed to find how many, how few of the urban legends were actually urban. <laughs> right. Um, next is a Wendigo. Um, most I know about Wendigo is uh, it's a Native American myth about. Um, uh, well, well, Jeff, Jeff's going to explain. He did his homework. So, Jeff, uh, tell the people what you know. I, I love the Wendigo. Everyone loves the Wendigo, and that's clear because they made a bunch of movies about the Wendigo. The Ritual is actually my favorite. Some people really like Antlers, which came out about a year and a half ago. I thought it was okay. Um, anyway, that version of the Wendigo is the popular one. Um, the description isn't, the historic description isn't really that. Anyway, this is an Algonquin myth. The Algonquins were one of the most successful cultures, and I say culture, not tribe, because there were several, I mean, probably dozens of tribes within the Algonquin family. From So the Algonquins were from basically north-central Canada through the Great Lakes on both sides of what's now Canada and the United States, down into the plains like Illinois, Minnesota, um, and all the way to northeastern Canada, Canada and down the eastern seaboard of the U.S., probably as far as my neck of the woods. So like the Iroquois nation had Algonquin longhouses. So the, you know, so there's lots of different versions of the Wendigo as, as people diverged and separated and then dialects and, and cultures and myths became differentiated. But there is one commonality and the commonality is that a hunter or a group of hunters went somewhere where it was very cold. Uh, remember part of this is uh, a lot of this land is, near or above the Arctic Circle. Um, they got trapped or stuck, couldn't find any food. They uh, you know, held up to keep, keep warm or whatever. Uh, there was no food. And one of the hunters, one of a, a human ate another human, cannibalism, um, and to survive. And so being very cold and eating another human is the commonality. Um, it doesn't seem to be goal-driven. It doesn't seem to be uh, choice-driven. It happens. It's it's sort of, you know, a tale against cannibalism. Or if you want to become a Wendigo, I guess it's a tale pro-cannibalism. Um, the most common version of the Wendigo, looks-wise, is basically a man that's very emaciated, ashen-gray skin, Oh, one thing about the skinwalker I forgot to say oh. is uh, the, remind me of ways to kill Wendigo and ways to kill skinwalker uh, after this. So I, I don't want to jump all over the place. Um, well, well, I mean, I heard I heard for a Wendigo uh, fireworks. Not fireworks, uh, but fire does work. That's what I meant. No, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the Wendigo 
death and you know what you would consider a vampire or a zombie. Uh, the, the original Wendigo probably looks a lot like you know uh, some of the vampires, except the the teeth aren't really canines. I guess to the extent that humans have canines, I mean the teeth are all very elongated because it, it's basically the skin is taut back, is so taut that you have no gum line, so your teeth look really uh, long. Um, in some versions. It's not someone that's skeletal. It's actually that the bones are on the outside. They're that gaunt. Um, but kind of look like you might think of like a, a vampire. Or, or if like, I don't know if anybody watched the show Britannica on epics, but sort of like the druid. <laughs> I sort of picture him. Um, you know, or sort of like the vampires in, in the strain, like the regular vampires. Um, but it's basically a revenant. It's, it, it's a, it's a zombie. Um, it, doesn't maintain much humanity it does it, it just has a never-ending craving of food it smells of death it smells of death and sewage i mean rotting sewage like i i picture like a, a sewer and like i don't know if you if anyone's ever had an open wound and they made the mistake of smelling it like <laughs> that like sewage and that smell like basically rotting flesh death decay the the, the smell follows you and it's a mimic so it can make noises, but it can also deceive you with the noises. So if it sounds like it's close, it's probably far away. But if it sounds like it's close, it's too late. Uh, it's like right behind you. Um, mm -hmm. And in some versions of the story, no matter how much it eats, it grows to that size so that it's always hungry. So if it, it, can, it can, if it eats three people, it, it grows three people size, but it's still hungry because it needs more. Um, in some versions, the limbs get elongated, but there's always claws uh, and talons or e even like, you know, uh, animal-like feet. But it, it's preternaturally strong. It's actually supernaturally fast and strong, um, sort of like a vampire in that, very fast, very savage. Um, only the greatest of warriors even stands a chance against a Wendigo. A Wendigo can be killed in two ways, basically. Basically, complete dismemberment, you know, like a uh, vicious, vicious, you know, uh, um, bloodletting and, and, you know, you know, you can't stop with just cutting off its legs. There's actually a story where the, you know, a warrior cut off the Wendigo's legs and everyone thought it was dead and they went back a few days later and the Wendigo's still alive, sucking its own bone marrow out of its legs, laughing at the, uh, warriors for failing. And then, of course, they, they finished the job. But <laughs> yeah. Cutting out its cold, icy heart is one version um, of killing it or cutting off its head, of, you know, sort of like zombie or vampire. And then it is either necessary or strongly advise it, either way you think you kill the Wendigo, to burn it in fire. And, and that will get rid of the Wendigo. Now, over time, the Wendigo has taken on some other shapes, having like the stag's head or the stag's antlers and skulls uh head that's not in the original version but it's been so popular that why not um i personally like it better because it's scary as fuck and it's creepy and antlers are scary and you know but that was probably americanized europe europeanized anglicized whatever you want to call because you know a lot of your celtic norse germanic sort of pagan uh, rituals involved antlers and, and horns and things like that. So that was probably, you know, it's probably some form of cultural appropriation, uh, but it still looks cool. Um, 
But anyway, it doesn't change the properties of the Wendigo. So that's how you kill. The Skinwalker can be killed in very much the same way, except the key is white ash. So white ash from fire to uh, cover you. It's, it's almost like a silver bullet for a werewolf. You, you can put it on a bullet. You can put on a knife, a spear, arrows. Uh, and, but it's got to go through the heart or or through the brain or, again, dismemberment. But the white ash is the key to killing it. Anything else, it'll heal, just like the Wendigo. Anything else, will it'll probably heal. I'm not sure if, like, Deadpool, if you cut off its legs, that they would ultimately <laughs> grow back or reattach. Uh, never heard that, but... Uh, uh, it, but it could may just you know, maybe like in The Walking Dead, like it could just wander around crawling on its you know its hands, dragging itself forward. That that much I'm not sure about. I, I, I didn't encounter a story or a tale uh, with, with reassemblage. The Skinwalker will reassemble. Um, so the, the you know the, the Skinwalker, since it's magic, uh, you know as opposed to a curse, will reassemble. The the cursed, not necessarily. And uh, last on my list is Bloody Mary. Okay. So Bloody Mary is basically the movie Candyman. Um, Bloody Mary, two versions of Bloody Mary. One, a woman that was brutally murdered. Two, a witch that was burned um, You know, at the stake. Either way, very violent, and they're really mad about it. Um, so if you say Bloody Mary into a mirror three times... She will appear behind you and A, either kill you, just kill you viciously, or B, kill you the way that she was killed. Uh, either way, not a good combination. Um, but basically, she's a woman version of Candyman, um, which, you know, so Candyman is an adaptation sort of of the Bloody Mary story, but uh, that's Bloody Mary, and it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I haven't looked in the mirror in a while and said Bloody Mary three times, so... Um, you know, maybe somebody should try it. Maybe maybe see see him fucking goof should try it in that the uh, you know where he finds that carpet and see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's that's Bloody Mary. Uh, probably a witch. I'm gonna go with the witch version. I don't fuck with that. I mean, it's one of those things of just like yeah, maybe it's just you know a tale of you know maybe kids trying to scare each other. But it's just like you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that fucking chance. Same thing with Candyman. I know Candyman is just a movie. But and I think and it's also one of my favorite horror movies. It's one of my top five favorite horror movies. Uh, I'm not gonna take that chance of looking in the mirror and saying it five times. I'm good. I'm good on that. The Candyman's a real urban legend, based a little bit on on truth, but it's it, well, not really. Um, the the Candyman originally was the fear of you know someone poisoning or putting you know razor blades or things in in Halloween candy, and you know everyone says oh that happened you know two down, towns over and <laughs> apparently it hasn't happened, but it did happen with Tylenol like the like the Tylenol poisoner um, basically was stealing the the from the Candyman urban legend. Um, and uh, that, that's why you have those safety caps and then that, that annoying, like, you know, aluminum plastic double, you know, seal that you have to basically cut through to get to get to your uh, aspirin. All right. Um, that's pretty much everything from my list. Did you have anything? Growing up, I grew up in New York, um, not too far out of the city. My parents, my father worked in the city. Um 
That's Manhattan. Uh, in New York, you just call it the city, uh, but that means Manhattan. Doesn't mean Brooklyn, doesn't mean Queens, doesn't mean Staten Island, doesn't mean the Bronx. It means Manhattan. That's the city in New York. That's New York. A little New Yorkies for those of you who are not from New York. Um, and no matter where I am, if you say the city, it means New York City. You can say, are you going to the city? I'm like, not going to New York. No, I mean, are you going downtown Baltimore? No. And say Baltimore. Don't say the city. The city is only one place. It's New York. Anyway, alligators in the sewer. That, that there was this myth that, that they were alligators in sewers, that people would get these baby alligators as pets. And once they got a little bit too big, they couldn't take care for them and they flushed them down uh, the toilet. And then you have these giant alligators, man eating alligators living in the sewers. Um, other variations with giant rats and, and things like that. Um, I don't know that they ever actually found an alligator in any sewer. And if they did, it was usually just a, you know, like a pet size one and probably someone trying to see if they could make the story come true. However, in Florida, pythons are a real thing. Like this people to kill pythons because so many people get pythons as pets and then they can't handle them and they let them go in the wild or not quite the wild. And, and you've got these like 13 to 20 foot long, uh, Burmese pythons, you know, running around who, who can easily crush a person to death. <laughs> so, uh, py pythons in, in Florida, uh, that's, that's a fact. I already talked about the candy man. Um, of course there's Jewish space lasers. Those are true. I control them. Um, so watch out. I have, I have, I have all of you embedded in ships where I can target you. Um, and then, of course, here in in the Washington D.C. area, there's you know there's a pizza place. We're in the basement. They traffic you know stolen children without parents or families that ever make complaints for them. Huh. And in satanic rituals, they slay them and drink the blood so that you so that uh, you know people like the Clintons can live forever. I mean, you know, so there, there's that. Yeah, the, the whole thing is just dumb as shit. Like uh, I saw that docu, I saw that documentary that was on HBO. I forgot what it was called. It was I think it was called After the Storm or something, The Storm. And they talked about that, and it's just none of that shit is actually true. No, it's ridiculous. The, the, uh, so the thing about the human trafficking is like there is human trafficking, and it's terrible. I mean, but it's it's usually people trying to get from one country to another. And yeah, sometimes they pay a lot, and sometimes the price that they pay for it is is terrible, which includes prostitution or sort of forced labor. Uh, and sometimes it is technically children, but like I know in like Gen Y and Gen Z, like pedophilia is like a giant issue, and it's a terrible issue. But pedophilia outside of the family or outside of like a circle of trust, like a teacher, a priest, a relative, is like extraordinarily rare. Um, and the, let's just call them the QAnon folks or whatever, who were talking about all the human trafficking, they, they're, they get the number 400,000 a year from a 2002 Department of Justice report that said up to 400,000, uh, children went missing, uh, you go missing a year. The problem with that, that report is that A, it's up to, but B, it counts everything. And by everything, I mean, Every time a dad or mom lost, loses track of their kid in the mall and called the police, 
that gets counted. Every time a teenager runs away from home for two or three hours and the police got called, that gets counted. Every time it's a runaway who just runs away and runs to LA or Vegas or whatever to try to pursue their dream or whatever, that gets counted. It's, you know, every time a parent who loses a custody battle abducts their child, every time you see an Amber Alert, that gets counted in that number. So, uh, and some of it is just extrapolation. so, you know, obviously it's not 400,000 toddlers because otherwise you'd be hearing from, you know, 800,000 parents and 2.4 million grandparents and family members and whatever it is. And, you know, are they all being paid hush money to keep quiet about their kid being missing? So, I mean, just the math alone is absurd. But that's where that 400,000 number comes from. And, like, people point to it like it's a fact and, you know, it's worrisome and, it really diminishes the, when there's truly something that happens that's, you know, awful, because that's awful enough. Um, but, yeah, that, that's sort of the background there. And But there might be something to, you know, placental fluids and, you know, platelets and stem cells and whatever. I mean, you know, there may be some scientific basis that people actually doing, you know, drinking that or, or imbibing it in, in, in mass is not. Um, but I can't say it's never happened, just like there are people who use rhino powder to, you know, to make them, you know, good and bad and shit like that. Um, but, you know, it's, that's, that, that's one of the newer urban myths that, that exists and seems to have caught purchase with a significant percentage of people. Um, probably gonna say. Oh, uh, so seems like that's it for our list. Uh, do you, do you have anything else to add to the, the the topic? There's some cool ones. Um, in, in I think every city has one sort of like Baltimore, where there's in Baltimore there's a statue. Well, it was called Black Aggie, and it was in Baltimore. Now it's it. It was actually with the Smithsonian for a while, and they lost track of it, but the people know where it is now. It, it's actually on display. But um, it, it's sort of like the, the the woman in Savannah, That's the statue that's waving at the ships. Like There's always like a ghost that, you know, it, it's almost like every city has their La Llorona, which is sort of captured as a statue, but the statue, you know, can come to come to life, and it's so wicked that if you look at it that uh, you will lose children, uh that if you're if you're anywhere near them and you're pregnant, you will miscarry. I mean, it's basically the same tale, just stuck in a statue. But in Baltimore, we have one called it was called Black Aggie, and it was in the Druid Hill Cemetery, which is actually not far at all from where I live. It's really close to the Baltimore Zoo, also, uh, which is weird. But it's it's like I said, it's it's not there anymore. Um, there's also a myth for a while that Jack the Ripper or Jack the Ripper's ghost came to Baltimore and became the Phantom of O'Donnell Heights, um, which is, Baltimore has like, there's like a million neighborhoods in Baltimore, and like, I'm not sure that anyone exactly knows where they start or where they stop, um, but he's called spring Jack in in Baltimore, um, and dressed in all black, black, wicked and nasty, and a great leaper, sort of like Slender Man's a great leaper, um, but uh, kill people, you know, like a serial killer. Um, but with, you know, with, but with like, uh, again, supernatural powers. And he would 
whisper to people, he'd be under cars, uh, you know, basically made of rubber. Again, sort of like a lot like Slender Man, very uh, uh, dexterous, flexible. And he would whisper, come closer, my dear, come closer, my dear. Um, they, they even form residential pr- patrols with torches and whatever to, to uh, chase after him. They, and so they say that they, they chased the phantom deep to a local cemetery and they saw him slip into a crypt where he's never been uh, heard from again. So that's a convenient end to, to that one. Um, and then we have Carl Atticus. Um, and this is a story about a movie that people saw in the early 70s in Baltimore in the Patterson Theater, um, which, by the way, is a historic theater which kept on closing down until something called the Creative Alliance purchased it re- recently to save it, and it's sort of, uh, they have shows and shit like that. It's actually pretty cool. Anyway, th- the movie was called Mortal Remains, and people saw it, and they went mad. They basically, if they saw it, they, they had a, a frenzy riot. Uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, no one can find that this movie actually existed or that Carl Atticus ever existed or that the, or that uh, there were any grave robbings or the murders or the necrophilia associated with Mr. Atticus or that there was ever a movie created this way or that it ever showed or that there was ever any reports of these kinds of bizarre items happening during a movie screening. So what can I tell you? No, but all there is is that there's a Mortal Remains documentary claiming it to happen, but... Um, no one can find it, uh, even though it's called the father of the modern slasher film. That's Baltimore. Washington has its own. Um, so there's ones that everyone has heard of, The Curse of the Hope Diamond. Everyone knows the Hope Diamond. Um, and that if you go near it, it brings misfortune and tragedy to anyone who owns or wears it. Uh, there's been numerous victims of the curse. Uh, it's a uh, the French finance minister, I think it's French, uh, Nicolas Fouquet, the Turkish Sultan, Abdul Hamid, and a French princess, uh, de Lambille. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, the, the, the Hope Diamond is so dangerous it's in the Smithsonian and people can still see it. In the capital, there's something called the Demon Cat. And apparently many members of Congress and their aides throughout the years have reported seeing, seeing this demon cat that haunts the Capitol building. It's just a cat, um, but with, you know, always shining eyes, like it's always dark and lights reflected from it. Uh, it's in the basement tunnels of the Capitol. If anyone's been to the Capitol complex and in D.C., like, so much is connected by tunnels. It, it's crazy. Like, all of the all of the congressional buildings and and the executive the old executive office building and there's probably tunnels that we don't even know about but they're, they're all connected by tunnels it's a whole catacomb situation there and uh, and apparently they brought in cats to kill rats and one of them never left uh, and it's seen before presidential elections and tragedies uh, which goes on to the old story about presidents that were elected in the year 20. You know, or every twenty years die, uh, the the Tippy Canoe um, myth. So you had a, a Tippy Canoe and Harris too, uh, and then you had uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln. There was another president that died. Uh, Reagan was shot in in eighty, but uh, 
George Bush W. That is obviously was uh, elected in a twenty-year increment, and he survived and still lives today. Uh, right now, Joe Biden. Well, uh, you know, we'll see. He's like eighty years old, but he's still alive, as far as we know. The exorcism. Um, this supposedly happened in Georgetown. Um, mm-hmm. So, so uh, the, ex- the exorcist. Yeah, The Exorcist. I'm sorry, the movie The Exorcist. Yeah, right. um, it was supposed to be a 14 year old boy that was possessed by the devil, uh, and this actually appeared on the front page of the Washington Post in 1949. We have our own version of the Three Sisters Curse. This is sort of this is sort of a uh, template in a lot of um, myths, really around the world, where three sisters or three women go after a brother or someone beloved. They drown in a in a river or body of water, and and they ter- convert into islands so that other people are warned not to do that again. Uh, we have our own version. These are also Algonquin sisters, and this is in the Potomac River. So, in that I researched this, and I said early Algonquin maybe as far as my neck of the woods. Duh, obviously it is because DC's about fifty miles south of me. Um, so yeah, so you know they tried to rescue their brother, they failed, but they converted themselves into, well, they were converted into um, islands because they, they wisely all cursed the spot before they could uh, take their, their final breath, and you can hear a strange moaning heard from the Potomac, the Potomac uh, before the curse strikes, so if somebody doesn't heed their warnings, they, they could get killed on the rapids. You have the chamber under the ellipse, uh, so there's that big circle area in D.C., sort of in the middle. It's There's like a small one in front of the White House and then a larger one. Uh, I think it's uh, right after, is it, I think it's left in Fond Circle, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a circular part, they say behind the White House, but I think it's actually in the front. Um, and it's sort of in between some of the other government buildings. Uh, it's said to be the center of Washington. The park is marked as the Meridian. It was called that in 1890. There's a plaque that says so. And there's a belief that there is a secret chamber under there, um, possibly built by the Illuminati with and Templars and Masons that hold jewels and treasures, including possibly the treasure of Solomon, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, and all sorts of other things. Um, and then sort of related but almost opposite is the belief that one, if you look at the design of DC on certain maps, the way they have it shaped out, it's weirdly shaped like the entire continental United States, which is odd because that wasn't the United States when DC was was shaped. Um, you know, it was you know before the Louisiana Purchase and certainly before all the westward expansion and you know, manifest destiny, whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's also a conspiracy theory that suggests that Pierre L'Infant was a member of the Illuminati. He's uh, uh, he's the designer of Washington, D.C., among many other cities and famous places, and that he incorporated demonic symbols into the street design, including an eye, including an inverted pentagram, which points towards the White House, and thus that's pointing the devil towards the White House. Ooh. So 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 Trump is the devil. Ah. Well, Trump's no longer the president. So <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but in the in the conspiracy theories involving Trump, Trump is actually the oh God imperfect <laughs> vessel to defeat the Antichrist. So he's not the Messiah. He's not, but he is he is the opponent of the Antichrist. If you want, if you ever want to go deep into the QAnon beliefs, the, the those beliefs actually they didn't originate them. They, they, they existed before, but they adopted. Trump as their guy, which is really strange, um, but uh, but yeah, that that's the, there's a belief that when the Antichrist is among us, that there will be an anti Antichrist, which is there to battle him, which will um, pave the way for the Messiah to come back. So the Antichrist plus. Yeah, yeah, we lost half our audience on on all of that. I guess like I, I guess those are Trump fans. I don't know. <laughs> it's like how, it's like how every streaming service is, is a plus. It's like the Antichrist plus. <laughs> exactly, the Antichrist plus. Uh, plus, plus, plus. The less said about Trump on the show, the better. Um, yeah, except this is this is. I mean, this is actually what Trump supporters believe. So I mean, it's it's not like anti-Trump to say it. So we did. We got about an hour fifteen of content. Um, did you want to? Did you want to kind of talk about anything else, or did you want to leave on a high note? <laughs> Are you assuming that we're going to go on a low note after this? Is that the confidence that, that you have? It's going to get worse uh-huh. after this. I'm fine. Um, no, I was saying like, did you want to kind of talk about what we were talking about in the chat, or do you want to save that for like a Patreon show? Up to you, man. I mean, it's it's Christmas, so you know I, I I can be generous, but I can leave also and still have to watch SmackDown. There's, you know, I can notify Jimmy T and see if he's around. He wanted to do three wrestling podcasts today, which, Jesus. if anyone knows Jimmy T, that, that it's it's almost impossible that that will happen. But uh, you know, but I'm the eternal optimist despite being evil dose. Um, and I've got you know Christmas dinner tonight, and I really w- I want to watch. Um, What's that guy's name? Oh, he was he was in Hellboy too. He's from Stranger Things. He was Red Crimson. Oh, Red um, that uh, Violent Night. Harbor. David Harbor. Yeah, I, David I, Harbor. I, I think I want. I, I think that looks like like awful, but in a lot of fun kind of way. Oh yeah. So speaking okay. of movie, speaking of movies, so I was like, we talked in the chat about did you want to do like our favorite movies our least favorite movies of the year just save that for another show and um you you had mentioned that you know i can just read off my list and you know, can maybe just spark something in you in your head do you want to yeah, do that that's right yeah that so, sounds cool because i i don't have a very good memory i like i don't think i went to the movies at all this year so i saw so much stuff on you know, cable and streaming services, but so many new things come out so quickly now. I, so I don't really remember what was this year. So, yeah, why don't you do your list? I, I mean, I, I could probably tell you some of the most disappointing, but, yeah, do your list, and then we'll we'll riff from there a little bit. So I have my top ten favorite movies and my top ten least favorite, and I say least favorite because, you know, there are movies that weren't particularly bad. They just they were just kind of a letdown for me. Like, I just... I didn't like him as much as I should. And then there were just movies that were just all around bad. (laughs) So I'm going to do my list, uh, my top 10 favorite movies. I'll just start from 10, which uh, happens to be X, which is, you know, is the Roman numeral for 10. And I liked it. Jeff didn't like it. Um, I usually am not a big fan of slashers, 
But I don't know, just something about this movie did it for me. I just thought it had a very authentic feel. Uh, the kills looked more legit and not like wacky over the top violence. So I enjoyed it. Um, another movie, unbearable the the unbearable weight of I think of talent. Oh, massive talent. There you go. Which was uh, Nick Cage playing Nick Cage, and I I just thought it was a funny movie. There there hasn't been too many comedies, too many great comedies in the past few years. Um, and I just thought this was funny. I liked it. Uh, you have likable characters like Pedro Pascal, um, who's gonna be in everything. He's gonna be the Last of Us TV show, which I can't wait for that. Um, so I like I like this. Well, movie. After you do three, let me comment on those three movies, and then you can pick it up from there. All right. Uh, another one was a movie that came on Hulu. Matter of fact, I have two movies that came on Hulu, which were my favorite movies of the year. Uh, Fresh, which uh, had uh, Sebastian Stan, who plays you know the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies, and uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, who's kind of like the new the new kid on the block as far as like you know actresses go. And she's she's really good in this. This this is a horror movie. Um, this is very much kind of like a feminist kind of horror movie, but not like you know as they say woke horror movies Ooh. like this is kind of this is a movie about you know a girl who goes on bad dates and then she ends up running into sebastian stan at the grocery store of all places and you know as you can imagine sebastian stan is very charming he's very funny he's polite he's you know a good looking dude and then you find out he's kind of a psycho so this is this is a this is a movie i recommend it's on hulu if you have hulu so go other way to watch it so that's that's three <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't have Hulu, so I can't really comment on Fresh. I didn't see it. Probably the next movie will be the same. Um, X, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. Um, I just thought it was like a, sort of an average movie. Like there were parts I liked. I mean, I I, I very much enjoyed the al- the giant alligator, you know, uh, swallowing someone up whole. <laughs> I I thought a couple of the kills were were good, but you know. Good kills and good gore don't make a good movie. I mean, Halloween Kills had some good, had some, you know, great violence in it. Malevolent, or Malignant rather, had a terrific violence scene. I mean, one of the best violence scenes ever was in that women's holding cell, mm-hmm. uh, but I thought it was a horrible movie. So X to me just seemed like it was okay. It was, I mean, so many people talked it up so much that when I saw it, I thought it was just meh. Um, but on the Nicolas Cage movie, I liked it. It was fun. I mean, it was a little bit goofy, but it was it was fun. It was a fun little movie, and it was different. So it was it was charming in its own way. And Nicolas Cage was funny, and you know, it's it, it, you know, he's sort of spoofing his own real life situation, um, which I, I thought was fun. So yeah, I I, I like that movie. Um, I, I would recommend it. So after Fresh, we're at, or I'm at number seven, The Batman, which I've I've I told you, I've told everybody, and. The first hour and a half of that movie, the first hour 40, was perfect. After that is when it started to kind of go off the rails for me. Not not necessarily a bad way, but it's just like the whole movie was predicated on this is a Batman movie, you know, meets seven. And that, you know, that really, that I love that. You know, it's a detective movie set in the world of seven. And then that last half act just seemed like the studio going, well, we need a spectacle. Because, you know, kids are going to watch this and this is a comic book movie. So that last act, I think, really defeated the purpose of the movie. And it just felt like I was watching two different movies. And whenever I feel like I'm watching two different movies, that's usually not a good thing. Well, for me anyways. But 
Uh, the Batman, that's my number seven. Um, number six was still a movie. It was a special on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it was Werewolf by Night. It's a Marvel short. Um, it's a it's something I didn't think it was going to be a movie. I thought it was going to be a series, but it ended up being a short movie, like 40, like 48 minutes, 50-something minutes. And I really liked this a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, it's about a character, a very obscure character from like the 1950s, 1960s, and um, nobody, nobody's really ever heard of this character unless you unless you're like a hardcore comic book reader. And I really enjoyed this. I liked it. It gave you that you know 1940s, 1950s Universal movie monster feel, and um, you know it was gory. I think for for a Disney Plus you know Marvel thing, it was gory. And then come to find out, it was they were able to be gory because it was black and white, um, so you're able to like block out the blood. And it was just a it was just something that was enjoyable. I think it was enjoyable for everyone to watch because um, it wasn't connected to anything. It was it was its own thing. It was standalone. So I think that's what made you enjoy it more because it felt unique. It felt like it was it's it was in its own world. So and then Man Thing, Man Thing was just gorgeous. I want to see more Man Thing. Um, so that was my number six. I don't know if you want to comment on that. I, too, liked Werewolf by Night. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it a movie. Like, it could have been a little bit longer, a little bit more flushed out, but I think that because the characters aren't well-known, I think they decided that they made a conscious choice, but it was a, it was a very nice homage to the old Universal movies. It, it had the right level of campiness and comedy, um, well-acted. I love. Uh, I I agree with you. I, I like the level of gore. I like the because it was black and white. It wasn't really gory. It was. I mean, you knew what was happening, but it, but you know, it, it really wasn't gory. I mean, there was a great kill scene with the man thing, but um, it was good. I, you know, it's it's an hour, not even an hour to watch. So it's certainly worth it. And you know, it's a little comedy. It's a little horror. It's a little superhero. A lot of familiar faces in it. The British woman that was in the Nevers um, is is in it, um, and she's good. And I, I hope to see them again in you know in sort of the Marvel, you know, the dark universe when they sort of you know bring back Ghost Rider and incorporate Moon Knight and Blade and uh, some of the others into the universe either directly or in an ancillary way. Um, but it was cool. Um, what was the first movie that you said? Oh, the Batman. Okay. I feel a little bit like Drew, but maybe for different parts. I agree that the first 45 minutes to an hour was near perfect. And I went into this movie not really wanting to like it, and I really liked the first 45 minutes to an hour. It sort of went off the rails for me from then, but not consistently. Like, it was up and down. And and I do feel like you drew that I, I watched more than one movie, but I'm not even sure it was two movies. And it's like, it's like it, it just repeated The Dark Knight, it, you know, Fight Club. It was, then there was, there was the whole global warming thing where it was the, you know, the city walls because the city was underwater. Uh, you know, all these, you know, Joker, all these agents of chaos just coming out of the woodwork answered his call. I mean, it just couldn't decide what it wanted to be. And, and like, it, it could have ended like four times and it should have, and it didn't. Um, that man's a dick. I mean, he, he's a shit to Alfred. He's a shit to Commissioner Gordon. He's a shit to Catwoman. He's a, he, he you know, he's a, he's a shit to everyone. Um, and he's a really bad detective. 
And it was funny as shit when they pointed it out when the Penguin <laughs> pointed that to them. You two, you're supposed to be the two greatest detectives in the world. You're idiots. <laughs> and Penguin I like, basically said, "I like that scene." <laughs> I mean, it was great, but it just pointed out. I mean, you know, he's so smart with everything, but he just missed the obvious. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like how the the Riddler was just a nerd. I didn't like how he looked like someone who I knew in real life who basically was a, a, a someone who was pretending to be something they weren't and turned out to be a low-key criminal uh federal felon at this point um so that was maybe a bad uh, association for me um but i was disappointed in that but i see why people liked it but i think the people invested too much that they had to like it because they thought so much of it but i don't know i think it was a largely forgettable movie i mean when people tell me the, the the score is is terrific as the first thing you tell me about a movie i'm out i mean you know music's great but music is is supplemental it's it's not the first thing you tell me so anyway it was it wasn't awful but it was i mean it needed to be 45 minutes shorter but also it needed to be needed to decide if it wanted to be the dark knight or a detective movie i would have preferred a detective movie rather than you know sort of a chaos movie uh, my number five is a to me is a dark horse a dark horse movie for uh what you know a movie of the year or a horror movie of the year actually is a barbarian which um I just remember it just seems like every movie I went to always had that trailer that bullet train trailer and it it looked good i was i was i would always think this looks entertaining and they're really pushing the sh- they're pushing the shit out of this movie um but it was like really vague too. Like it was a really vague trailer, and um, I just realized I think I might have said two different movie names or whatever. You did. But, you said Bullet Train and Barbarian. I'm not sure which one you're talking about now. Bullet Train and Barbarian were movies that, come to think of it, were trailers that I would see in every movie leading up to when the movie came out. So, and then I was I was hearing good things about Barbarian, um, so I was like, I'll, I'll go watch it because it, it sounds like it's getting good press. So I watched it, and I was just blown away, because it's a movie that very much deceived its its audience, where they made you believe that, you know, spoiler alert, that, you know, um, what's his name? Skarsgård was, Skarsgård, you know, yeah. the bad guy. And, like, the first 45 minutes is, you know, the audience having that tension of, like, what's going to happen? Who's the bad guy? Is it Skarsgård? Is it... Uh, is it the girl? Who is it? And you watch it, and I just remember being in the theater, and when that big twist happens, it I got scared, but not like, you know, oh, what the, like, holy fuck, you know, screaming type of scare. It was more just like, it felt like someone grabbed me, and it was like shaking me type of scared. And I just yelled, fuck me. <laughs> like I just, I just yelled that like really loud in the theater. And um, immediately they just transitioned into another shot. And it's like a very upbeat shot with Justin Long. I'm like, the director's like, okay, are you are you done being scared? All right, move on to the next scene. So this is a dark horse for, you know, a really good horror movie. Um I, I liked it. I can't I can't say enough about it. I thought it was a really strong, you know, choice for a great horror movie. Um let me kind of make a change to something. So I'm gonna bump out X. Not to say that X was a bad movie, but I'm gonna bump out X. I'm going to put Bullet Train in, you know, my top 10. Um, another movie that was, you know, pushed heavily 
Like, and it, it looked entertaining. Again, it looked entertaining in the trailers. We're going to watch it regardless, and we enjoy the shit out of it because, yeah, Brad Pitt kind of played this kind of neurotic, you know, bumbling hitman that doesn't really want to kill everybody, but he somehow manages to end up killing people, and he hates that. Um, He's like a Buddhist hitman. Pretty much. And then you have, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, you know, from Atlanta, you know, which we both like that show, and He's a guy. That's, Is he really British? No, no. He's he's you know American. Um, he just so he was acting British in, yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he just I, that's amazing. Really I'm not sure which is more amazing: how he acted British, or if he was British acting, you know, American. He's just that good of an actor. Like he's just one of those actors, like Margot Robbie, who's just he's in everything, and you know, he's just really talented. Um, and I don't think I've ever liked Aaron Taylor Johnson in a role more than this movie. Like he, him and Brian Tyree. Uh, uh, Pietro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the uh, the the partner. Tangerine and Lemon, right? Like, they have really good chemistry in the movie, and I want to see a spinoff of them. Like, that's how much I really like them in this role. And everybody else did great. Um, it was just a really stacked cast of actors, and this kind of this kind of had a Tarantino feel to it. Like, anytime anyone appeared on screen you would see their background and i I really dug that um i guess my only my only knock on the movie is that i don't know i like zazie i like zazie beats a lot and i just kind of wish she was in the movie a lot more um i I just like when she came out she's just calling brad pitt a bitch like she's saying bitch i'm gonna kill you bitch (laughs) I i thought that was funny as shit um and then shannon tatum came out for a little bit and he's just He's gay, but he's not really gay, or I don't know what his character is. And it's a really good movie, Bullet Train. Check it out. It's, it's a fun movie. You'll love it. So I think you have one more in your in your trilogy. Oh no, I have. Unless four you more. want to take a break and then turn it over to me. I have, I have four more after this. I can just breeze through these. So um, another horror movie. My next two are horror movies: uh, Black Phone <laughs> with uh, Ethan Hawke. And uh, we, we, I mean, I, th- I think you said you like this. Um, the uh, Ethan Hawke is billed as a star, which, you know, he's the star. He's Ethan Hawke. And, but the two kids in it I thought were really good. And usually in horror movies, you know, there's either really good kid actors or there's really bad kid actors. In this case, the two kid actors are really good. Like, they were really fucking good. Uh, especially the boy. He, he really brought it. He carried it. He carried this movie. Um in scenes where Ethan Hawke wasn't... Well, technically, Ethan Hawke, you never really saw his face until the end of the movie. But uh, the the kid actor I thought was really good. The girl actor I thought was very charming and funny. And um, it's a horror movie, but it's not like... It felt like a really cheap horror movie because there really, there really wasn't any CGI. I mean, I guess... Yeah, in, like, his the brother game. was Ziggy from The Wire, season two. Him, him I like. I like that actor. And... Um, I kind of wish he was in that movie. I think his name is James Ransom. He's he's in a lot of sort of like horror movies, like with small parts. I I, I think he might be a producer or director or something. He was in Sinister, which you know happened to have uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and the right, same he director. Was a, right. And he was also uh, in It. He played that. the he played the grown up version of Eddie in It. Mm-hmm. So him, I like. He's a good actor. He's very he's very funny. Like he's funny without having without trying to be funny because he just has that. Kind of like oh person personality. He's like it's Steve Buscemi. He doesn't look like you should take him seriously, right? 
So I kind of wish he was in this movie a lot more because he just came out and then he just left. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but um, I enjoy this movie. I it, it was a movie that they really hyped it up and it lived up to the hype. Um, and I like the ending. It, a lot of horror movies usually don't know how to stick the landing. This movie stuck the landing. Like, it had a really good ending. So I, I enjoyed it. And I know you and me talked about it and we kind of agreed that we would like to see like a maybe like a spinoff or a prequel with the mom. Uh, I wanna. I don't want you to breeze through you next three because I want to talk about these three movies because this is going to be a rare arc where you and I agree. Um, oh, Barbarian was terrific. Um, it, it was unexpected. There was that twist which was great. There was like unlike the Batman where it felt like there were a bunch of different movies and they didn't really intend it. It was definitely a movie within this movie, and they absolutely intended it. I mean, it was so abrupt. I'm like, what the hell just happened? What is going on here? And then the way they tied it together, it, it, it was great. And then the guy who's, you know, you think he's going for his redemption, turns out he's the guy he always was all, all the time, and you realize whatever he was accused of, he probably did. But, yeah, but he's not even really the villain. I mean, he's, he's just a not good, not a great guy who's in the movie, keeps who keeps on failing. Um, uh, but I, you know, if I if I was to nitpick, my nitpick is that if you are just you know live underground and 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 fed mother's milk or breast milk, <laughs> that you're probably not going to become a super strong, you know, super powered uh, thing. But it's a horror movie, so that that that's nitpicking. But this this was a really surprising movie and i really enjoyed it and it was scary but you know it but it was good it's it, it it's just, it was just well done and all the acting was good and you're right you didn't know who was good or who was bad you know the, you thought maybe the homeless guy is he you know is is, is, is he bad um and he wasn't and then all and then you think that he's like going to be a hero he's gonna be like you know uh, john connor but no <laughs> so barbarian really good movie bullet train I didn't know what to expect. I had no interest in seeing this in the theater, but when it came on HBO Max or Netflix or whatever it showed up on, I'm like, ah, I'll check it out. Usually when a, a first-run movie comes to Netflix after like five weeks, that's usually a really bad sign. So I had no expectations. This movie was a shit ton of fun. What a cast. Crazy-ass plot. It was very much like... Quentin Tarantino met Robert Rod uh, Robert Rodriguez, and they decided to make a, a movie together. But they said, "Hey, Jerry Bruckheimer, you need to make it crazy." Um, and it was crazy, but it worked. Every part of it worked. It was this was what what a pleasant surprise. Um, Black Phone. I don't even think it was a horror movie. Um, I think it was a, a psychological thriller. Um, to me, horror is when the horror is the star. I don't think the horror was the star in this. I, th I think the the boy was the star. There was definitely a supernatural element to it. Um, this is an unimportant distinction, whether it's a horror movie or a thriller. Uh, it's like, you know, was The Sixth Sense a horror movie or wasn't it? It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I thought this was a very good movie. It captured... Uh, I think it took place in 1979. It, it, it was every much a, a, it was every bit as authentic as like season one of Stranger Things was such a surprise with the authenticity, the way it felt like a Spielberg movie from '82. 
the way the kids acted, how they were so, you know, that, you know, they were a storm. This kid was great. This, this was like, I don't think any part of this movie is just like, whoa, this is awesome. But the whole movie was just rock solid. It was just a really good movie. And yeah, I, I definitely have an interest in, in exploring the mother story more after, after this. And hopefully they'll do it. And Blumhouse, which made this movie, they have a really sort of a spotty record. Like they're they're known more as a you know spit out quantity, not necessarily quality. And occasionally they get lucky, but this was good. This this was a real solid flick. So there's there's three that you and I agree on, and I'm famously persnickety, and you're famously generous. Um, <laughs> so when the two of us agree on things, I think there's a pretty good chance that ninety eight percent of the people out there will like it. I think for me is just, I mean, again, like with everything, like with wrestling, with any type of like media, we're all going to have different, uh, we all look at things in a different lens. You know, like you just said, what, what was the word you just used? Persnickety? Yeah. You know, yeah, like you're you're not always going to think everything I like is amazing and I'm not always going to think everything you like is amazing. That's fine. Like, you know, it's going to be boring if we like the same thing. You know, we, we're going to, even if we like things, we're going to find things about the things we like different and the things we didn't like different, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm reading the description here. It says Crossover 2. So that, that's the name of the show is Crossover 2 Electric Drugaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, so, let me, so let me get my top three. And yeah, go we, for it. And uh, you're, we're probably going to disagree on this. So... My third movie is another horror movie, and uh, this came out on Hulu like a fresh. Well, it was a uh, Prey, which was the uh, the Predator uh, prequel. Try saying that really fast. Um, I was not the biggest Predator fan, not even to say that I hated it. I mean, the first one's a classic. Uh, part two I thought was goofy, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. And and um, this was I don't know something about this movie just did it for me. Like I like authenticity. And um, if you watch the movie on uh, Hulu, there's actually two versions where you can watch it. You can watch it in like English, and you can watch it in the actual language that they use in the or that the um, the uh, native people are portrayed as. And they actually have Native American actors playing the role. And I just I don't know. I li- I like authenticity. So um, this movie was just. To me, it's it's an easy watch. It's like I think it's like an hour and a half, maybe like an hour forty, and it's just so easy to get through. And you know, the girl in it, I think her name is Amber Mid Thunder. She's great. She's amazing. Uh, the brother I liked, and um, I I like when movies do things that are not expected because you know most movies would have done the whole. She's a woman. How is a woman going to do this? Because a woman is only supposed to do... Like, this was more just like, you know, the brother being, you know, you're my little sister, and I'm your big brother. I'm, I want to look out for you. I don't want you to get hurt. Like, that was, stop with aliens. <laughs> didn't that... She's a woman. Didn't, didn't aliens sort of settle that? I don't know. Just, you, you know how... You know how cliche movies can be. But, like, I like this movie. I really liked it. I, I like I liked the it wasn't really a horror movie, it was more of an action movie, but it had horror elements to it. Like there are definitely some like oh shit moments. And there are times where you were actually rooting for the the predator. Um 
but of course you're rooting for the white meat baby face, which is, you know, the main, the main actress. And I, again, I, I, I can't talk about how much I, I can't talk about it enough, how much I really enjoy this movie. It was the perfect mix of action and horror and the acting and also the relationship with the brother and the sister. I, I, I dug that, you know, cause it reminded me of my sister. Um, so, you know, uh, check this out if you haven't already. It's on Hulu. It's, again, it's 90 minutes. Um, and, and my second favorite movie of the year. I, you said you haven't seen it. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, again, just I can't really say too much about it because you know Jeff hasn't seen it. But um, it's I a, say it's, too much about it. I haven't seen Prey either. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to spoil it. But like it, um, I already talked about it. But I'll just like give a brief summary. Movie, movie's out for two months. You, you, don't worry about spoilers. I'm I'm, I'm not that way. Well, I don't want to be a dick, but anyway, it's just, it's very much an emotional experience because, uh, you know, obviously we already know the main actor, you know, is gone. He was, you know, he left, he left us two years ago. So a lot of the movie is about honoring both the actor and the, and the main character, which is T'Challa Black Panther. And the movie, they do something where in the beginning, they're like, you know, you gotta, you gotta face this. You gotta deal with the fact that he's not here. And I, I saw it with I saw it with Betty twice, and I uh, saw it with my sister and her husband on her birthday, and I was like, "All right, there's no way this movie's gonna get me again." And the beginning, you know, it happens, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And I just hear my sister go, "Damn, you were right." <laughs> so um, I like the movie. Uh, you know, Namor is great. Uh, they have a perfect antagonist. He he's an antagonist, not a villain, and there's a difference. Kind of like kind of like Killmonger, where you you understand his grief, you understand what his issue is, but you know he at the end of the day he's going about it the wrong way. Um, everybody in this movie shines. Angela Bassett shines because she's Angela fucking Bassett. Um, uh, what's her name? Letitia Letitia uh, Shuri. She. She does. She has an impossible feat of, you know, filling in the shoes that Chadwick left, and she knocks it out of the fucking park. So, and and I, again, I was poo pooing over the fact that if, she, if she's going to be Black Panther, I don't know if she can pull it off, and she pulled it off. So, you know, good for her, Letitia Wright. That's her name. Everybody in this, everybody else in this movie steps it up. Uh, Okoye steps it up. Like I mentioned, Angela Bassett fucking owns every scene that she's in. Um, Umbaku. Every scene that he's in becomes his scene, and he's in the movie not too long, but he's great. Um, and then just upon watching the movie for the third time, I realized maybe this movie shouldn't have been two and a half, two and a half hours. It probably could have just been like an even two hours, but uh, I still enjoyed the movie. Um, so that's my number two. Um, give me one second. Give me one second. I need to go get something out of the room. Okay. I will just tell the audience, I did not see Prey. I did not see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever yet. Um, I love the MCU, or I did, but I'm a little bit burnt out on superhero movies. Uh, and I also figure that, so I thought that Disney might drop it as a Christmas present, or at least New Year's. doesn't seem like that's going to happen, but I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus within the next month, and I'll see it. Looking forward to seeing it, but any movie that's two and a half hours, I'd rather see it home so I can pause it two or three times. Um, 
and that's just the uh, you know that's because I'm old. Uh, Prey, I absolutely want to see, but I don't have Hulu, and I'm not buying another subscription service. So I'll wait till these services merge, or you know, until they license it to someone else. I was gonna say, why don't you get the Disney bl- uh, the Disney bundle? Yeah, not interested. Well, I mean, you can get you can get Disney Plus and Hulu for like ten bucks. I get Disney for ten bucks. I don't know how I can get them both for ten bucks, but hey, what if, I, I, I'm okay with waiting. It's like it's, I feel like there's a never-ending stream of new things out there, and I and when you, as you know, when you do wrestling podcasts, but like I cover all wrestling, you know, all wrestling, like there's like nine thousand hours of wrestling a week, and plus you're doing the podcast and. I've been having to cover like all the PWC shows for the last several months, so it, it's like sort of never ending. So I, I'm okay with waiting. I'm I'm all set. I mean, I can, if you want, I can give you my Hulu. It's okay, dude. I'm offering you my Hulu password. What? Just come on. It's. I'm telling you, I'm all set. It's cool. It's good. I, I, I'm perfectly. I'm perfectly content with waiting for it to drop. You know, somewhere else, and it will. It, it'll be somewhere else soon. Uh, all, all the. You know, I. There's a certain thing that comes with age where you're no longer waiting for every movie to come out in the theater, and once you get there, and you get past the first waiting period. You're still getting the movies, the new content, in the same increment of time. It's just you're waiting longer than than the theaters. But with some of them these days, you don't have to wait. Like the Batman was on HBO Max like four weeks after it was in the theaters. I mean, I, you know, I, I I mean, Black Adam. I just saw it wasn't very good, but you know, it, it just came out like six or seven weeks ago. It's it's not even a thing. Cause I, I would probably wait that long to see a, a new movie anyway. Um, so it's all good. I mean, I, you know, there's always new movies and new surprises, and then I'll, you know, I'll check out something that maybe I wasn't inclined to see, like a Dunkirk or a 1919 or whatever it was 1921 or whatever, and you know, and I and I, you know, I've been binging on some, you know, when I have free time, I, I'll watch like an old horror movie or something that maybe I hadn't seen before, um, or I'll check out some, you know, crazy Norwegian, you know, like a silly monster movie like Troll or whatever, and it's all good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm cool, but you know what? If I ever get antsy, I will hit you up, and I will take you up on it. I appreciate the offer. That's very generous. Right, well, I mean, it's, it's no, no skin off my back, but... Um, right you're, you're a swell fella. I am. I'm very swell. Um... What so the my, fuck is a Jeff? Somebody put, somebody put in the chat. What the fuck is a Jeff? That's a really good question. What the fuck is a Jeff? But uh, my number one, I'm pretty sure you already know what it is. It's uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, starring the amazing Michelle Yao. Um, I, I just, I, this is a movie I dug. This is a movie I, when I saw the trailer, I went, that looks interesting. And then <clears throat> the hype of people just saying, you must see this movie. And again, we're kind of the same when it comes to like people saying you must see this, like you must, and not most of the time we're just gonna think it's just okay. But you know, uh, I watched it. I just I enjoyed it. I just thought it was from the beginning you're already hooked in, and uh, it just had a story that was relatable. Like it had, um. It had great acting, had a great story, and it was just a perfect mix of it was a drama, then it was sci-fi, then it was action, then it was comedy, then it was romance, then it was this, that, and the other thing. And, like, 
when you're able to mix so many you know so many genres all in at once and then it works it it just the right people can pull it off very very few people can can pull that off all in one movie because you know like for example you know there's a scene where you know I'll give a little bit away but like there's a scene where the daughter Michelle Yao's daughter she comes in and she just starts changing the environment like she goes from being a fucking like luchador wrestler to all of a sudden you know she's beating the fuck out of somebody with a dildo and I'm like like what is this movie and it 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 gets it definitely gets you right in the feels um it's very much a dramatic movie about you know family and you know not all families are perfect but you know family at the end of the day is going to be there for you more than than anyone else um so you like this movie more than i did i did not dislike it just everyone was raving about it um it's interesting, it's different, it's unique. So I definitely think everyone should see it. It's free on most cable systems at this point. Um, I uh, it, it had two things that I don't like. Um, one, if, if anyone's ever seen like sort of the kung fu movies out of Hong Kong from the 70s and into the 80s, and, and it still perpetuates, like the silliness of the, like the Asian humor, almost like making fun of themselves, this had a lot of that. Right. Um, also, the science fiction element, there was a lot of British science fiction elements where there's multiverses and then there's some absurdities like a giant poppy seed bagel and, and things like that. I don't like British science fiction. Like I didn't like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've tried to read a whole bunch of British science fiction. There's very little that I like. Uh, you know, it, it always has too many levels for me. Like, Loki is the closest thing to British science fiction that, that I like in pop culture, because Loki was very much a British science fiction show. Like, I don't like Doctor Who. So, like, it had those two elements of things that I don't like, and it would, which made it hard for me to really embrace it. Um, but, like, Jamie Lee Curtis's character was an interesting surprise. But there were other things I had, like I hated, like the hot dog hand thing, the hot dog finger stuff. That was just all stupid to me. That's that's very British science fictiony. Um, you know, the convenience of one family being so operative to the multiverse. Um, but of course, that's the whole point of the story because it's about family. So of course, every member of the family is p- pivotal to this. Um, so I mean, it's not like I didn't like it. I'm just very glad I saw it at home, so I could watch it over, you know, two or three days. I think if I had to watch it in one sitting, it would have been very difficult for me. But a lot of people loved it, so I would tell everyone to go see it because most people seem to love it. I liked it. I just didn't love it. I again for the reason I said they were like there's there were two aspects of it which are both cliche and I don't like either or tropes and I don't like either of those. All right, fair enough. Um, let me get to my least favorite. I'll kind of breeze through these because I have to leave somewhere in a bit. Um, so my least favorite, and again, these movies weren't exactly terrible. It was just a mixture of movies that I didn't think were all that great. And I had high hopes for them and they ended up just being either okay or bad. So, and I'm, and like my previous list, I'm going to bump out a movie because I just, when I made this list, I probably should have been more thorough of like, you know, which movies that I really not like. So, I put in Don't Worry Darling as my 10th, and I didn't think the movie was terrible, so to speak. Like, 
to me, this is just how I felt. Any scene that didn't have Florence Pugh in it wasn't interesting. Because I, maybe it's because I'm biased on like Florence Pugh, but it's just like anytime she was in a scene, it was always interesting. Anytime it was somebody else like Harry Styles, I just, I didn't find anything he did or said to be that interesting. And Chris Pine, you already knew right off the bat that he was a villain. So I'm going to bump that out of my top 10. I'm going to place the, uh, the Hellraiser reboot on Hulu. I didn't think that was all that great. And granted, I wasn't the biggest Hellraiser fan, but kind of like Predator, I decided to give it a chance. Maybe this will change my mind. Not really. I mean, the first Hellraiser I thought was good. I didn't think it was great. Like, that type of movie. Where I it's love just like, the first Hellraiser. Where it's just like balls-to-the-wall violence and uncomfortable body horror I'm not a fan of. But decided to give this a chance, and I just thought it was boring personally the, the hellraiser sequels though the hellraiser universe have, have been i mean they've been pretty bad to the point that i don't think i saw anything past three i know henry cavill was in one of them um he wasn't henry cavill then <laughs> you know he was just henry um right. but um it was hank 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 cavill um but uh yeah i think we talked about this where i mentioned how like the biggest selling point to me of this, you know, Hellraiser reboot was that, you know, Hellraiser is going to be played by a transgender woman. Yeah. It's like, okay, but is the movie going to be good? But it's played by a transgendered woman. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a Cenobite demon from hell. I gender is not important. I mean, it's, it's completely irrelevant. It's a demon. <laughs> but anyway, I, I didn't see, I didn't see this. Yes. Obviously by now everyone knows I don't have Hulu. I'll probably see this, you know, in eight months time, you know, probably two months after I see prey. Right. And it's just, we talked about this. No, Where's just nobody like, you know, said they like this movie. This, this movie has pretty much been universally panned. I mean, I saw some people like it, but it's, I think Draper kind of said it was okay, but it was just bleh. But like it's like eighty twenty. It's like eighty twenty against. Well, I know Lightning's bringing up like in the in the book that Hellraiser was described as having more of a fe- feminine appearance. But just like you said, like he's a Cenobite from hell, or it's a Cenobite from hell, so it doesn't really have a gender, but it kind of looks like a woman. I, yeah, I don't fine. Know. I mean, a lot of the angels were described feminine in some descriptions, and and they weren't in others. It's just like I, I just don't, you know, I. I to me, it does. I mean, listen. If if it's an achievement that the actor got a role that they wouldn't normally get or wouldn't have gotten five years ago in what was considered a high profile role, great. That terrific. Everybody should have opportunities. So it, it, it's well. I'm just not. Uh, you know, that's not a reason for me to see a movie or to not see a movie. Right. Uh, next on my list is uh, Uncharted, which um, I'm not going to spend too much time on. It was just. Here's the thing. I mean, I like the game. I was a big fan of the game. So when I saw the trailer for this, I kind of, I was setting myself up for disappointment. I'm like, all right, this is either going to be just a fun popcorn flick or it's just going to be bad. And I went in this with the mindset of like, let me try to enjoy it as a movie. As a movie, if you've never heard of the games, it's a, it's a popcorn flick. That's the best way to describe it. And I like Tom Holland, but then I couldn't help but. I, I really couldn't help but compare it to the games. And the best... I know you're not a video game guy, but, like, the best the best way to describe the games is it's like... It's like Indiana Jones for a new generation. Right. I get it. Yeah, I, I, I get the concept of it. And it... 
it, it, there really wasn't much chemistry between him and Wahlberg either. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it never felt like they liked each other. Right. And it's just like, I'll just, I'll describe the characters in the game. So like Nathan Drake, who Tom Holland plays is like, um, he's like Nathan Fillion, any role that Nathan Fillion has ever played. Like he's a shit talker. He's also charming, but you also get the, the impression that this is a guy you don't want to fuck with. Like he, you can tell he's killed some, you could tell he's killed some motherfuckers. So, um, and then, you know, the character that Mark Wahlberg plays is Sully, who's kind of like, um, he's very suave and cool. Like he's a guy you want to hang out with. Like you know, the, they were trying to go for, they were trying to go for George Clooney and Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven and they, and, and they failed largely on the George Clooney part. I think Tom Holland was fine, but when the chemistry is wrong, it just doesn't feel right. But you're right; it was this it, wasn't. It was like Red Notice, you know, that rock movie. It's just like you see it, you watch popcorn. It's fine. It was free, whatever. Um, but like, it, it's eminently forgettable. Here's the thing: I love Tom Holland, but Tom Holland was wrong for this role. Like, this is not a, a role that Tom Holland should have had. This should have been somebody else. So, um, probably or Mark Wahlberg so should have been somebody else. Well, actually, they had um, they greenlit this movie over a decade ago, and they actually chose Mark Wahlberg to play the role. But over time, you know, they got it right. This movie, you know, who I think would have played the the Mark Wahlberg role Mm -hmm. right and would have been better for it, Chris Mm -hmm. Evans. Well, no, what I was trying to say was like this movie was in developmental hell, you know, for a long time, and Mark Wahlberg got too old for the role, but they still decided to keep him, like in the movie somehow, but. Chris, you said Chris Evans as a as a Tom Holland's role. No, as Mark Wahlberg's role. No, no, no. I mean, I like Chris Evans, but no, that's again another thing of like you're choosing a good actor, but it's the wrong role. Um, no, I think you could you could have someone that, that's that's charming and swarmy at the same time. I'd rather have Chris Evans as Nathan Drake. Like, if I'm thinking of a Nathan Drake, Chris oh, Evans. I mean, young Chris Evans, sure, but he's too old now for that. Well, I mean, the, the when the game begins, uh, Nathan Drake is already like well into his like career as you know being a thief. Yeah, but it's not the game. This is a movie, and the movie is like there's supposed to be a generation between the two of them. I don't know the, if they. The, my point is, they screwed up the the concept. And if you're gonna go, and if you're gonna go for Nathan Drake in the game, I, I, I don't know. Let's let's move on. Um, yeah, the movie isn't worth this much conversation. <laughs> I know. I know. I said I wasn't going to spend too much time, but we spent like almost five minutes. But um, next is a uh, nope. I did not. I didn't. I didn't like this movie as much as I wanted to. I again, the you know, going back to what I was mentioning earlier about you know the Batman, the fellow like I was watching two movies, or actually with this movie, I didn't know what I was watching because it was being built as a, as a horror movie, and then. You watch it, and it's like this is science fiction, and it's not really scary. Like there really, there is definitely a, a, a shit moment in one moment in the movie, uh, but overall, it's just like I like Daniel Kaluuya. I think he's a good actor, but in this movie, it's just it, I felt like they wasted him. Like he really, he was kind of wooden in this movie. Um, I want to, I want to interject on two of the movies. I yeah. really like. Don't worry, darling. Um, I thought it was an interesting combination of movies. It was a surprise. I had no idea what it was about. Um, I don't dislike Florence Pugh, but I don't feel the same way you about uh, that you do about her. I 
thought the movie was really interesting. Um, I don't know if, if I saw it in the theater, I would have liked it as much, but I think that I would have. It was just, it was sort of, remo- it had parts of The Matrix in it, it had parts of the, 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 the Truman Show, it had parts of Vanilla Sky, it, it, it had, uh, I, I don't know, it just had, you know, you had the campy 50s acting, almost like, you know, the, the, Goodfellas, you know, stuff. I, I, I just thought it was, I, I thought it was good and interesting. Um, uh, and which is the other movie? That, oh, Nope. I, I like Nope more, more than I thought it was, and I do think it's a horror movie. Uh, yes, there's science fiction elements in it, but I, I think it's a horror movie like Jaws is a horror movie. And no, it wasn't particularly scary, but it was suspenseful. And again, the the horror was the star of the movie. I, I don't think it was perfect, but I, I thought that I, you know it, it was a it was a long, slow burn. It was very much a late seventies, early eighties pace movie, and I thought it was well done. And I think that you weren't really supposed to know what to expect. And there was weird, like barbarian. There were things like. Like, you know, I re- really never put together the, you know, what was the big deal about the child actor stuff and the chimpanzee that went crazy. And, and some of the things didn't have much to do with it. Um, or they did on a level that was only superficial, but I still thought it was interesting. So I, I really like Nope and I really liked, uh, don't, a little bit of divergence there between us. Here's the thing. I like that the scene with uh, with the the child star and the you know, the monkey that killed you, but I thought that was interesting. And then after that, they just left it. They're okay. Back to the movie. It's like what? So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, but the whole the whole thing was about how. Uh, I, what, what, is that the dude from um, Walking Dead? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know actors' real names. Stephen Yoon. Yeah, the whole thing was about his relationship with animals and animals as monsters and like his whole life is about trying to overcome that you know that that's the source of his fame but it's also the source of him being like sort of like a carnival barker in the middle of nowhere and now he's got a chance to do it again and he desperately you know wants to capitalize on it and then you know and and it well swallows him whole it, it's it's almost like Moby Dick it's almost like a mini Melvillian story in the middle of this other story uh, another movie, next movie on the list, Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, this uh, One of two Marvel movies on this list. I'm pretty sure you know what the other one is. But I, we, we again, another movie I don't want to spend too much time on. It just This was just bad. An all-around bad movie. Very disappointing. A, Very waste, disappointing. a waste of Christian Bale. And it's just, they, they regressed. They re, they, they ruined the character of Thor. They regressed Thor. They made Thor look like a fucking moron. Idiot! A waste of everything. It, 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 even the Guardians did. I mean, the, all of it felt bad. I don't. I don't even remember what the post the post credit scene was. It was. Um, oh, oh, there was two. There was one where Jane Jane goes to Valhalla, and she sees uh, Idris Elba's character, and yeah, then swell. and then the other scene is uh, introducing Hercules. Oh, right. Who's skinny? <laughs> I mean, how the fuck do you pick a, a thin Hercules? Come on, man. A fuck. I mean, there's, there's only one character trait you're looking for in Hercules. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't write this shit. Uh, next movie, The Northman. Uh, just very bland, very just 
nothing movie. Just the beginning was interesting. After after which it just it dragged on a lot and a lot. Agree, hundred percent. Stylized Conan the Barbarian, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and the, and the Norseman are my or the Northman are my two biggest dis- disappointments of the year because I expected so much from both of them. Uh, next movie is a movie I saw basically off on a whim. Uh, Crimes of the Future. This was a Cronenberg movie, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. This might upset people. I think Cronenberg's a little overrated as a director. Like I know people in the horror community, people we're friends with, will say Cronenberg is a genius. I've seen two Cronenberg, well, including this one, uh, three Cronenberg movies. Uh, one of them being Scanners, which every horror movie like list of people saying that Scanners is amazing. You have to watch Scanners and yada, yada, yada. And I It is amazing, but it's amazing for 1982. I watched Scanners and I and I was actually, it was a mixture of me getting bored and laughing. Because like, <laughs> it, it was like this, it was like the South Park episode where, where Cartman thinks he's a, he's a psychic and then he meets other psychics and they're doing the like, it's like they obviously based off of Scanners. Scanners should be redone and modernized. I mean, but in in the time, during the time, this was right after sort of the like the CIA, uh, you know, all of the you know psychic abilities tests like were public, and that was this this was like our first conspiracy era where this this sort of came in on on the uh, the 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 I don't know the. Uh, on the on the tail of that, um, but Scanners for its time was great. But yeah, I, I, I'm not sure it hold up. Um, making me sad. I, Lightning, I don't understand when you mean when you say "damn" forty years ago. Oh, Scanners, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably listen. I don't know if it was 1982, or if it was 1980 or 1984, but it was around that time. I was I was definitely in junior high or early high school. I graduated high school in '86. Yeah, Crimes of the Future. I watched this early in the day. I watched this at like 12 p.m. and I was, I was literally the only one in the theater, and I was sitting at the top, and the whole time I'm just tweeting, talking shit about this movie, because it was just, it was boring. Like it you just, it. It, it wasn't good. Like I, I still can't even tell you what the plot is, to be honest. That's how, that's how boring the movie was, and I uh, just it wasn't very good. Viggo Mortensen's in it, Christian Stewart's in it, so it's just that's all I can really tell you about it. Um, I don't know if Viggo Mortensen still active. He still acts. He does a uh, fucking he does indie films. Um, after he after after he got his Lord of the Rings money, he's like, I'm good. I'm just gonna do indie shit. Number four. I knew he was in some things. I mean, you know, I know he was in The Road, and I know he pops up every now and then. But yeah, I thought he was mostly sort of disappeared. Number four is a movie that you that or oh, not you, but like our good friends that we know who I'm pretty sure people are going to know who, who we're talking about. They love this movie. They swore up and down about this movie. They said it was the best horror movie of the year. And it's men. It's a movie that John Draper and our friend Shaheen just like took eight inches of and just talking about how great this movie was and that it was original quote-unquote cinema. And I just... The movie made me angry. And not because it's a movie about toxic masculinity. It just it made me angry because it was bad. Like I didn't angry, get it. Drew is sexy. 
Oh, it is. It's very sexy. You should see when I get furious. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand the movie. I didn't understand the plot. I didn't understand the characters. They really didn't explain why everything was happening the way it was. The The ending was stupid as fuck. It had that typical independent horror movie ending that is fucking stupid. And I, I get, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of synthesizers and horror movies. I'm getting tired of silhouettes, of random silhouettes in horror movies. Like, I'm just, I need, I need horror movies that are just, that will explain me what the fuck is going on. Without, if, well, without feeling like the director is nudging me and going, huh? Did you get it? Huh? Huh? And it's just, no, I don't get it. This is fucking stupid. This is a bad movie. And it's just, it was was a bad movie. It, It was horrible. Like, did not see it, so I can't add anything to it. I will see it one day. Like I'll see that and Pearl when they when they're you know no longer pay per view when they're just on you know free service. My next movie is another Marvel movie. I mean Marvel adjacent, uh, Morbius, starring. Oh. What? So bad. This was bad. This you know what. This is the movie that made me change how I review movies, and I'll explain why. So, I've had this issue where I'll review movies right off the bat instead of taking time to marinate and think, okay, what did I like and what didn't I like? Whereas, I watched Morbius, and it took me like maybe two hours to really realize this is a bad movie because I tried to think about what did I like is there anything I like no there really isn't anything I liked because originally I was going to give it a C and then the more I thought about it I'm like okay this is a D plus movie and then the more and more and more I thought about it I'm like there was nothing good about this movie like you had Jared Leto who was supposed to be an Oscar winning actor and he was wooden as fuck in this movie like he had no personality he was not charismatic he wasn't funny like, at least make me laugh. Like, there was a reviewer who took his son to go see this movie, and his son had said to him, Dad, as bad as this movie was, it should have been funny, at least. And it wasn't funny. At least Thor, Love and Thunder made me laugh in certain parts. This movie just wasn't funny. Like, it was just bad. Like, B-A-D, bad. And it had a post credit scene that was just terrible. Like, and, and I'll spoil it for everybody. I'm sorry, but... Spoiler alert. Who cares? Nobody I'm going to be a dick. So, this comes off the heels of No Way Home where they're introducing the multiverse and the universe cracking open and you have Spider-Man villains showing up. And the ending is they show Michael Keaton's character from you know Homecoming as the Vulture showing up in uh, Morbius' universe in prison. And because they don't have anything on him in their universe, they let him go. And then they show another post credit scene or Morbius meets up in a random area in the desert and then he sees Vulture. And it's Michael Keaton telling, you know, Morbius, hey, you know, the real villain is Spider-Man. I think we should find a few guys, you know, that we can team up with that might do some good. And then Morbius going, that's intriguing, question mark. That's the ending. Right. Yeah. This movie was really bad. Um, it is sort of interesting how they're pulling certain characters, keeping them in one universe and taking them out of another. Like they, like Venom might live in both worlds. You might have the Tom Hardy Venom 
in this the Sony, this one with Mobius and and uh, Vulture. Um, but you you they left the door open for there being a new Venom in the MCU, which I think is cool as fuck because I don't like Tom Hardy in this role. I didn't like either of the movies. The the second one was terrible. The first one I thought was pretty darn bad uh but like black adam bad not like you know like green lantern bad but i thought the second one was like oh my god like like i, I thought that that was almost Mo- mobius bad anyway um what i didn't understand about the vulture is how did he get his vulture suit like he just somehow knew how to go to a stark place and and build all the stuff and build a new vulture suit i mean uh, they release him, and he's got no, you know, he's got no money or assets. You know, because he has no identity, and but he can still find a vulture suit. I mean, you know, g- give give me some of those letters from A to Z. I mean, fill it in for me a little bit. And it, yes, I thought the Venom movies were horrendous, um, and the second one was giantly horrendous. Um, I didn't, I don't find it funny or clever or anything like that. Anyway, Mobius is is yeah. Uh, was just bad i had no expectations for it but it was it was just bad um okay here's the thing about my next two so i said i bumped out a movie and that was don't worry darling which i didn't think was terrible i just again i like florence Pugh, and i just thought when she wasn't in a scene it wasn't that interesting so my next two i'm not even gonna give number one in my i'm not even gonna put number one in my list because i just i didn't okay let me just get to it so Number two, which I'll probably make my number one, was uh, Halloween Ends, and we talked about we talked about that movie at nauseum, mm-hmm. and it was just bad. Like it just you can't really. I don't think we can emphasize how bad the movie was. Like <clears throat> the first movie, which came out in 2018, which was you know the Halloween sequel from the first movie in 1978. I liked it. It was what I wanted it to be. It wasn't. It wasn't like the Rob Zombie movies where it was just like over the top, you know, hyper violence. It was, it was like we're gonna build everything off of tension, and what you don't see is more horrible. Whereas the second one that came out, the Halloween Kills, decided to undo all of that and just, you know, do balls to the wall violence and just make everyone stupid, and dis- and they do the mob mentality of like, you know, everyone everyone is scared and they're pissed off so let's just make them stupid and ignorant which can work but it's just like at the end of the day you made everyone stupid um and then halloween ends is just it felt like everybody was a cartoon version of themselves like it it had an interesting beginning like when the kid died when the kid just unceremoniously died and i'm like all right you know yeah. he was kind of a dick so fucking he deserves to die but it's just the whole thing with the kid, the, that Corey, it's just a lot of the movie was just, it felt like, again, it felt like I was watching two different movies. I I didn't know if I was watching a romance or if I was watching a, a Halloween. And like, Halloween barely began in like the last 30 minutes of the movie. And yeah. they absolutely had a whole bunch of ideas for a movie in this one and connected almost none of them together. Yeah, it's just, and like the whole, the, the movie felt unintentionally funny. When it was trying to be serious, like uh, like the scene where Michael and the kid are like wrestling around on the ground, and he takes his mask off. Right. I just I was I just like I was just like was that supposed to be funny? And Mike, Michael can beat off twenty people, but he's wrestling with this kid. Come on. Like uh, and I forget what else I was gonna say. Like 
the scenes where like they kept doing the cliche movie thing of anytime somebody's looking for somebody, they just happen to be there. Like, yeah. um, I mean, there were times when Jamie Lee Curtis was like almost like supernatural or tough badass, like Linda Hamilton in in uh, you know in some of the later Terminator movies, and then there was other times where she was like the the ultimate hapless damsel in distress. It was. I mean, I didn't like any of the new three movies. I thought that the 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 first one, the new Halloween, was pretty bad um, on every level. I thought the second one was a bad movie, but at least the violence was pretty good. But then Texas Chainsaw Max, uh, Massacre came out with the re- renewal, which was also like a pretty dopey movie, but it didn't try to be anything else, and it, it had the same level of violence, so that eclipsed the Halloween Kills violence, but Halloween Kills at least had some good violence for me, and gore and whatever, and some of the kills were fun, and you know, but the movie was dopey. This movie was just bad on every level, and I hope that this really means Halloween ends. It just, just, just start over. It was, you know, it, it was just, it was just no good. Right, and it's done after this, so no more. Um, my number one. I don't even know if I should make it my number one because I don't. Even, I'm not even gonna count it as a movie because it was a movie that you knew was gonna be bad. So I'm just gonna have it in my honorary mentions. Um, you know that was Jeepers Creepers Reborn, and. Technically, I watched somebody else watch this movie. Like I saw, I, there's a channel called Ecomog on on YouTube. They're you know, fun. They're funny guys. You should check them out. And they they review you know TV shows. They review movies and you know trailer reactions. Um, and they watched this movie, and I just watched it because I wanted to see how bad it was going to be. And it was just funny seeing their reactions because like anytime anyone had dialogue or said anything or just did anything or you. Somebody could just say, hello, how are you? And it was bad dialogue. And it was a bad movie. Like It, it was comical because the acting was bad. The, nobody had chemistry. Even even like when they were outside, it looked like it was CGI. So I'm like, could they not afford to like film on location? Like it was just... And yeah, I mean, we know the story behind the original Jeepers Creepers. You know, the director was a piece of shit and, you know, hurt children um so they wanted to reboot it and it's just how is it that no big studio wanted to do jeepers creepers and i can see why so this is a terrible movie i can't really say anything else about it it's just bad you can watch the trailer and decide for yourself but it's bad it's bad bad um and and again they do the typical horror shit of like you know oh i am safe from the monster i hope the monster does not come out and get me and three two, one, blah. You know, it's just every scene. It's comical. Um, So th- those are my least favorite movies of the year. Well, I didn't see Jeepers Creepers, so there's another one I can't comment on. But I, I would say that uh, just because of the disappointment factor, um, Thor, Love, and Thunder, and The Northmen were my two biggest disappointments. I'm not sure if the Green Knight was this year or not, but I really didn't like that at all. I know some people liked it. I Last year. Don't... Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I don't keep lists, and obviously my memory is faulty um, on this type of thing, but I would definitely recommend Bullet Train. I just That was just such a nice surprise. I, I, I hope that like somebody doesn't see it and like says, oh, that's not so good, I, I, it, because it's no longer a nice surprise. Um, but I think it would hold up. I mean, I think that it's just enjoy. It's just like it just sort of never stops. It's like fun the whole way through. Um, I don't know. Um, 
No. I, I would say it wasn't a great year for movies. Um, I think that there's a little bit of a... People are saying there's a horror renaissance. Not sure that I really agree with that. I think there's just a lot of horror movies that were like okay and not terrible. And I think a lot of people are calling bad movies good and good movies great. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to say about it. But um, I don't know. I thought that I think that there's a lot more interesting TV. Like I thought that uh, Yellow Jackets was a really interesting TV show, and that next season should be coming back soon. The season two. That, that's a really cool show. I thought that um, The Old Man was a really well done and interesting show. Um, there are other shows too. I mean, I love Succession. Um, I thought. Uh, uh, on disappointments, uh, I, I'm going to call House of Dragon my biggest television disappointment of the year. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones. This this felt like someone made some crappy rip off of Game of Thrones. So, um, I'll be I'll be quick about my choices for my favorite shows of the year. So, my favorite shows of the year were The Boys. The Boys season three, I thought that was great from top to bottom. Uh, Wednesday, I just watched and. I loved it. I mean, you, you said you liked it, too. You said it was almost perfect, and, you know, which is crazy that we agree on things. And I liked it. I can't really think of anything about the show I didn't like, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I only saw three of them on, though, so I'm, I'm in a very limited universe. Well, there's only one season. Um, uh, Better Call Saul. Wait, wait, what show is that? Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Wednesday. I'm sorry. I, showed, I thought you saw in the boys. Yeah, no, I yeah, when, Wednesday was delightful. Uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, great show. Just To me, I... I actually, I actually enjoyed a lot more than Breaking Bad. Not to say that Breaking Bad is, you know, bad, but I like it because it does more for character building than Breaking Bad did. Because Breaking, yeah, Breaking Those Bad were- at the end of the day was more about the main characters, whereas this show, it, I find myself more interested when Saul is not on on screen. I, not to say, and that's not to take anything away from Bob Odenkirk. This is just like personal preference like i was more interested in mike's story and and uh gus's story and nacho's story well it's a completely dislikable person i mean that's that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing he's he's terrible um you know in, in a lovable way he's, he's the worst kind of con artist but um better call saul and breaking bad are i mean they should be on anybody's list of top 20 tv shows of all time and they and arguably they can be on anyone's list of top five and and uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily be wrong so uh, uh yeah i thought that that should be no surprise anyone who hasn't seen breaking bad and better call Saul, you probably should and you know i'm, I'm sure it's free somewhere um it's on it's on netflix but they don't have season six so okay. well, they will. By, by the time you get done with five seasons it will be uh, Miss Marvel, I enjoyed. We talked about that. We own this city. It was on HBO. Is the from the creators of The Wire. So if you like The Wire, yeah. you'll enjoy the show. Atlanta finished up. I enjoyed. The, I I like the first two seasons of Atlanta. Season three, I thought was kind of all over the place. I enjoyed some of. I enjoyed some of the short stories. Um, and yeah. then and then season four, I loved the episode where they were talking about the the CEO of Disney, the fake CEO of Disney. I enjoyed that so much. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, Atlanta. The first two seasons were great, but it was a linear story. Season three, they sort of went all over the place, and obviously because of COVID, they sort of skipped like a when you know they they skipped the whole part of Paperboy 
like being a huge success. It just we we enter upon season three, and he's a huge success doing a European tour. Um, and and they had interesting, poignant sub stories in there, but it, it was a little all over the place. Season four was a combination of both. I mean, so I agree. Seasons one and two definitely the best, but I, it, there's there's so much genius. In, in these shows that I strongly recommend all all of the seasons just don't expect it to stay like a normal TV show after season two um, it's like season one I'll never I'll never forget where paperboy goes to <laughs> earn and earn had just met Darius that that first episode and paperboy goes man I hate Nigerians never trust Nigerian and Paperboy introduced Ern to Darius as like you know Paperboy's trusted friend, and Ern's like Darius is Nigerian. He's like he is. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was just it's just great. Like like that that shit just like that, that's real. That's what happens in real life. I like the episode in season one where um, Paperboy's on like a one of those like Crossfire talk shows, and the whole time the whole subject is about like. Paperboy made a like I guess like a trans a transphobic type of tweet, and he's trying to explain himself. And like the other person in the conversations kind of kind of agreeing with him, and the host is like trying to say, you know, you like you're a racist or you don't like women or something. And then he just all of a sudden he just I think he just goes out the off the off the tangent and just like tells Paperboy, you hate women. And then Paperboy just goes, what the fuck? And then just goes commercial. Like I just I just thought that was funny as shit. Um. Next choice is uh, Reacher um, on Prime. Uh, this this is based more off the books, not like the Tom Cruise movies where he's, you know, again, I like Tom Cruise, but it's like he's 5'6". Why am I supposed to find him intimidating? So, you know, Reacher, they bring in the dude that played, um, was it Hawk from Titans, and he was also Aquaman in, you know, in Smallville. This is an enjoyable show because it seemed more based in reality. You know, you have this big six foot five, you know, off the farm motherfucker who looks like he can kill anybody with just just by touching them. So it's an enjoyable show. It's like, you know, I watched one episode. I was hooked. It's like eating, you know, Pringles. You know, you can't just have one chip. You have to have the whole freaking can. So uh, next is Peacemaker, you know, with John Cena. That was the character he played in uh, Suicide Squad, you know. It was an enjoyable show. James Gunn is really good at his job. He's really good at making characters and creating dialogue. And you find yourself liking John Cena. You have likable characters on the show. And you have a great villain in Robert Patrick, who just somehow manages to play a villain so well. Um, Mm -hmm. Another show is Winning Time, which if you're a sports fan, um, you'll like this. This is about the Los Angeles Lakers uh, when they drafted Magic Johnson. I mean, there's controversies because, you know, a lot of the, I guess, the actual people didn't like how they were portrayed, which, you know, take that for what you will. But it's an enjoyable show. It's on HBO. Uh, Pam and Tommy, that was on Hulu, that starred, uh, again, Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, and uh, Lily James as Pamela Anderson. They had Seth Rogen, who was actually not the goofy, you know, Seth Rogen. He was actually acting, and he actually did a pretty good job on that show. And this is about the uh, the infamous sex tape with Pam and Tommy, so... Uh, this is an enjoy. This is a guilty pleasure. It was a good show. Uh, last is again. You and me had our different views. I like Stranger Things. I like the most recent season. I won't get too much into it, uh, but I enjoyed it. This these are my favorite shows of the whole year. I think I, I was I I, mean, I said ten. I think I just I think I put eleven. But you know, fuck it. But um, 
Anyways, guys, I have to head out. I don't mean to rush. I don't mean to rush you guys out, but I gotta head out in a bit. But um, we thank you guys for joining us for Christmas Eve, for for taking your Christmas Eve day off to listen to us talk about our our uh, dislikes and likes, uh, urban legends. And uh, Jeff, you did a good job with it with your homework assignment. So bravo! Thank you. Uh, Jeff is the um, man. Jeff is the man at what he does. I try. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, for the for those of you who uh, came in live, I, you know, thank you for spending some of your Christmas Eve with us. I, you know, I hope this was good good for you. Um, those of you listening on the download, hope you enjoy it. You know, certainly check out more Drew's show. You can check out his Patreon shows. He's got like a, a whole cadre. He's got like he's got his own like Suicide Squad of people, and I'm one of them. Uh, I probably show up the least on the Patreon, um, but uh, I'm there. And if you want to find me in other places i mean on twitter i'm not at icarus fell md um i'm on like all the pwc shows which is pwc network at podbean.com um and uh i do uh those are mostly all wrestling podcasts we recorded last week our end of year awards called the peenies for pwc there's also a running joke in the pwc if you know you know um and i think that's a great show and hopefully jimmy has put it up by now or will today but it's pretty cool hammerlock hangover is my other wrestling podcast with big daddy cool steve pena and that should be dropped dropping talked about earlier in the show did our predictions for next year end of year awards and graded ourselves on our predictions from last year and you know covered the news and wrestling as well pretty long show um and then non-wrestling garden of doom and garden views they're on the same feed so if you subscribe to one you get them both Garden of doom you know i think between the two crossover shows you got a pretty good feel for what the the breadth and depth of garden of doom um i don't mean to toot my horn too much but i've been doing this for two and a half years with zero podcast experience zero technology experience zero tech aptitude zero booking experience and i've gone from just relying on sort of other podcasters and friends and people i knew from high school and college to having publishers send me books and and getting guests that are you know like i'm not at the graham hancock level but like i'm like like a step below like are some of my guests and <laughs> I, I have an extended family of repeat guests who you know i've got people who are routinely on gaia and discovery and things like that and i don't know i'm i i don't quite know how i accomplish that and on garden views my well my recent guests well, you know worked in the white house's cybersecurity office and he's going to come on again and garden views is more topical often legal in nature i have a little bit of a obsession with what's going to be the laws of space and it turns out i'm not alone and that that show and through the guests i had and and the conversations i've had and and my own journeys i sort of got to where things are and as a result the space court foundation which is a not-for-profit uh appointed me as a special advisor to their board of directors and uh you know i don't know it's just uh sort of proud of myself uh you know again no experience no booking no nothing and just by reaching out and putting out content there and uh i don't know i have a shaman who was a guest once and he's been listening to the shows and he dms me he goes he goes i love your show it's a treasure trove of things that i'm curious about and you know if if there's things that a shaman is uh, is curious about then probably most of us are too so 
I don't know. I, you know, Mike Hilliard, who's got the Red Line podcast, he's he's been on my show twice. He's going to come on a third time. Um, he gets two million downloads a month uh, on his show, which comes out every other month, every other week. Um, and I don't know. That's, I just think that's really cool. Uh, I said I don't need to do my own horn, but I'm going full Arn Anderson on you toot toot. So please check out those shows. Uh, stick around. Give them ratings, reviews. Tell people about it. Uh, it's definitely an algorithmically challenged show and benefits from word of mouth and personal referrals and things like that. So I do appreciate it. I, I appreciate Drew. I always say it. I don't mean to get sappy. I'm not sappy. But he has supported me before I even knew who he was. I mean, I heard the name, but he's always been supportive. And so I try to reciprocate as best I can. Um, and it's a pleasure and a privilege being part of your cyber family and i thank you for that and look forward to more in 2023 and thank you my fr- thank you of course jeff without getting too sappy and for supporting me for supporting me for sharing for just being a being a good friend and uh-huh. that's i mean that's really all i want i that's all i want is just to be for your friendship and also you know vice versa and i'm glad i can so the sex can friend. stop no the sex cannot stop oh okay so you're just gonna have to deal with it. But um, I need uh, to reorder my blue chew. What was that? I need to reorder my special blue chew, which is called Drew Chew. <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of the show: Reorder Your Drew Chew. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, did not. I, did I need a refill of Drew Chew. Damn it! <laughs> I didn't expect that. God damn. Uh, but anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas and uh, support support our Patreon. Uh, it's just five bucks a month, and uh, you'll like you'll like what you hear. And we haven't put on any new content yet, and that's on me. Uh, so we need to make that happen. I do a show with Jeff, uh, which is called From Our Lips to Your Ears. I do a show with RJ, Attack of the Savage Nerds. Um, we did record one a few weeks ago, but there was an issue, um, and I had to. I, I couldn't. It, it, we only, we literally only did like twenty minutes, and um, I don't know if RJ. Will, I'm I'm pretty sure RJ won't mind me saying this. So RJ actually took an edible before we recorded, and he got sick. And he, I guess he, you know, the edible started to, I guess, take take form while we were recording. So we had to stop, and uh, we only did twenty minutes, so I couldn't release that. So um, you can take bullets, but you can't take an edible. Okay. Yeah, yeah, soft, soft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do a show with Ruben Prime called uh, Culture Attack. And uh, yeah, like I said, we haven't been doing anything new, but um, that's on me. So we'll, we'll try to make that happen. And uh, support us, support our podcast, support everybody's podcast, and uh, you know where to find me. I'm an easy man to find. But um, uh, this Friday I'll be doing my my year end awards including Q&A and uh, it's with my my partner in crime Justin and uh, if you haven't already send in your questions you can put them on here on the questions for Drew tab and uh, put as many as you like and we will read them and answer them so anyways guys Merry Christmas thank you for spending your Christmas with, with us and uh, from from uh, me and Je- from me and uh, Jeff to you have a Merry Christmas be safe and uh, we will see you in the new year Peace out. Echo that and stable, my friend.